a playlist original. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Back to the Box Buster with your host, Gaius and Jackson, coming off a uh, big Oscar uh, Sunday. <laughs> Huge <laughs> Oscar Sunday. What a ceremony that was. Yeah, it was uh, probably, you know, a lot of people were saying it. I mean, I think most people are saying it's probably one of the better ones that we've had in the last few years. Went pretty uh, smooth. It, it went pretty smooth. Uh, no slapping. No uh, slapping. No, I, I don't think... There might be a few jokes that might have didn't land uh, from Jimmy Kimmel in the night, uh, but I think couple. for the, but I think for the most part it was like pretty uh, well uh, done and like handled and you know he's after a good host, honestly. yeah I think he's a good host and then after all the controversy with like what happened last year and then I think I don't know if it, I think it was the year before when they kind of centered the uh, ceremony around like Chadwick Boseman potentially winning after he had passed away and then. Anthony Hawkins ended up winning that award and like it, the whole like ceremony was kind of like not as well structured as it could have been like the last few years have been rough uh for the Academy Awards but certainly so they are probably I, happy about last night then yeah I think playing it safe because like I know like I think I think it was Hollywood Reporter or Deadline that said that it was play mostly safe and like kind of you know didn't really do anything crazy but I think that's what they needed to do in order to kind of get viewers back I'm still waiting to see like what the ratings are uh i haven't seen it yet i saw the last of us ratings which actually held up really well against the oscars uh but okay but nothing yet for the oscars no, I i'm yeah i'm gonna wait and see like what the numbers are because you know i've been saying this you know we talked about the sag awards are going to do this next year i still think that like, right. all these awards ceremonies should go to streaming services and not be aired on uh you know, regular TV. Uh, You're so right. And I cannot wait for that, uh, that turn of the tide for that to happen. Because as we were just discussing off screen, I don't know, like <clears throat> as a Canadian, it's ABC being an American network, you have to have some sort of subscription to their service to watch it. Like without cable TV, um, it was not a very smooth experience for myself and my buddies who came over to watch it. And I had to switch up locations halfway through to go to my parents' place who had cable. So I cannot wait. I'm sure I'm not uh, alone in this boat, but uh, when they, when it does yeah. come to streaming, I can't wait for that when, and if it does. For sure. And, um, you know, and I think it's interesting because they do offer so many alternatives for you to watch it that not on like, you know, broadcast TV, but like if you're in a situation, like you said, like right. yourself, like all those alternatives aren't helpful if you can't use them like where you live. So Ex like exactly like oh it's so frustrating, man. I thought I like but, I thought um, like saved your day when I was like, oh look, if you just sign up for like Hulu TV and like all these other ones, like and I appreciate you like bailing me out, but <laughs> it only took me so far. But uh yeah, I must have tried 18 different options yesterday. But I'm just curious, um, do you happen to remember what the Last of Us uh ratings like the viewership was? Uh, I just saw it right now. It said uh, it's at 8.2 million uh, viewers. Uh, okay. Wow. And, I, and they were, they were comparing it to like the first episode to the finale. And it was like, I think they said it was like a 75% increase from that first episode to what we got in okay. uh, the season finale. And they were just saying like, uh, I think HBO, uh, they released a press release that kind of just focused on like the, the viewership growth episode to episode and like yeah that is, that's kind of rare like i mean even on cable tv where ratings are a bit better than like network tv right. um to have a show that keeps growing like that is amazing and you know i think that uh you know i think from what i can see most people are pleased with the finale but i you know i think now everyone's I know nothing as yeah, right I know, now. <laughs> I, know what, I know everyone's looking towards like what season two is going to do and like how much of they're going to, what are they going to adapt next? Because I guess there's right. so much more. Uh, I was like reading with like part two where there's like, it's so much that they were mm -hmm. saying that the great creators are like, we don't think that part two is going to like 
be told over a single season. They might actually like, you know, do that with like a season two, season three. So I'm glad that they're like taking their time and not trying to like plow through Cram all it these in. things. Cram it, I yeah, agree. Yeah. They, yeah. uh, I feel like just my, from my experience with the first eight episodes <clears throat> that, uh, they're kind of, I don't, I don't want to say they planned this poorly, but they got into a little bit of an issue, at least with me, um, where we were talking about this yesterday, where the gameplay for the campaign of the first games around 15 hours, I guess, average. And we only got yeah. nine or 10 hours worth of the show. And I think I would honestly like to see if they break the second game and do a couple seasons, which might give them some room to do some original content in there. Like, you know, not yeah. nothing crazy, but I think that could work to their benefit. So it's nice back to your point that they're not just trying to get it out as soon as possible. They're thinking of the strategy that, you know, bodes well for the future. Um, I agree. Did you happen to catch uh, the finale? Um, I did. Uh, it's, you haven't watched it yet, right? So I, not I yet. Did. I was up till I, one with for the yeah, same money up in Canada. I, you know what? I could have watched it after the Oscars. Cause like I told you offline that it airs live out of LA. So it started at 5 PM and it ended a little after like, I think the show still ran long, but it mean it ended a little after like eight 30. Um, I could have maybe watched the finale last night, but I was like, I, I mean, watching a three. That's a lot of screen time. Ceremony like, is so long. And like, I was like, all right, I'll just watch it with fresh eyes this morning. I think you're going to like it. I mean, I, it's, I, I I'm I sure it hasn't been like a bad episode yet. And like, I just love how tight the storytelling is. And, uh, and you have a real genuine connection with like, uh, the characters and stuff too. I think it's just uh, really Absolutely. well done. And then video game fans should be proud that they have an adaptation they can be like proud of and not like give like side eye to because <laughs> that's how that's right yes so i thought that Most i thought certainly. i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it but yeah uh we'll yeah, i'm excited after you watch it um well Definitely. so we have a pretty jam-packed show today um but it's all interesting topics and we're gonna lead off uh with the oscars once we get to it but we have like you know we didn't get to talk about any of our watches uh on the last episode because we were just trying to get our oscar predictions in um right I- i'll lead off uh just with a couple um I yeah that both both you got both some good sequel- ones in both sequels right, uh, right. Bo- uh, both uh kicking off a really cool box office time in march uh we'll talk about one of those box office things later in the episode because a lot of a lot of us were very close i mean uh with uh predictions for uh scream six as far as how much money he was going to make um right but like it really is, it feels like March. This March is like summer, like came early with how many like releases are coming out this <laughs> totally. month. Totally, like, and a lot not of just strong like movies out right now. Yeah, not just like small little like oh that might do okay. Like you know, genuine like like sequels and like franchise IP. Like you know, it feels like it's like June and July instead of like March. deep <laughs> deep into these IPs, we're getting sequels in this month. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So I saw Cree three uh actually during its opening weekend, but we didn't talk about it here. Um, right. I mentioned it on uh, the deep dive episode that actually came out today as of this recording because uh, we mm-hmm. did it a little late. Um, it's just really good. I, I, I Michael B. Jordan uh, directorial debut, like just really solid. Um, he does some, especially I mentioned it on the other show, but like, he, he does some stuff with like the, the climactic fight, which usually in a movie like that, it can be so predictable because we know where it's likely going. Right. But, you only get yeah two possible outcomes. Yeah, but he does so so many cool visual things during it that it like how he goes from like a number of rounds like to like not not just kind of show like round after round the same way. He does right. like a really cool visual thing that like when you see it you'll be like, oh that's pretty like awesome how he handled it. Cause it actually okay. kind of makes the fight more intimate and more raw and more real. 
and, and he also said that he was influenced a lot by like, anime you can tell like that in some of the fight scenes as well i find that super interesting actually cool that he leaned into that inspiration because a lot of directors yeah. i don't think would yeah and um you know uh, i think we mentioned i don't know if i mentioned it with you or who i, I think it might have been with you you know no mention of rocky like at all like not even like yeah i heard that not from e you not even a name drop Stings, uh, but but i mean like i said i think it's in order for the movie to stand on its own and uh and i think that it was necessary but you know from a narrative standpoint since he did have two movies with him and that relationship seemed to be like a really real genuine connection it would have been nice mm -hmm. to kind of like have a th i mean have a throwaway line uh about where they are where they are Something. i mean i know these situations are different but scream six and this is not giving me any way because you know nev campbell's not in it right but like right it, it, you know you got to give someone like that a mention and they do so it's like you know this big thing is missing and like you have to kind of like acknowledge it and i think that they what a weird have done coincidence that here. between those two movies at this time i know at this time in march i know right yeah. um but you know michael b jordan is good as always tessa thompson uh also they still have really good chemistry together and then jonathan major is another just another uh notch the on the belt to man. Look out for. <laughs> i know like yeah you know he looks I, awesome Dude, like I can see. I mean, I know this award season's over. I know he has a movie that premiered, I think, at Sundance that will probably get uh, a wider release this year. I, I can see him getting nominated for an Oscar like very soon. Like he seems like he's on that trajectory of like he's hungry <laughs> and he like wants it and like you know and absolutely. And, and it seems like it could happen to a better guy. Just watching him in interviews, he seems like really humble and like happy to be there and like cares That's about the, the work. And, you know, like just talking about it from a box office standpoint, two weeks of number one with Ant-Man and then he was and then uh, Creed was number one. It's opening weekend. So he was in like two movies that were number one over the span of three weeks. And quite impressive. Feat. Absolutely. And yeah. leading in both of those. And like, leading that in both of them. Crazy. Um, curious. How do you stack up Creed three amongst the other two? Where does it rank for you? Um, so I liked after I thought about it more, because I think after I got out of Creed 3, I was like, oh, this one's probably the best one. Uh, no, it's still Creed and then Creed 3 and then Creed 2. Creed I rewatched Creed 2 uh, before this one. I don't know why I didn't watch the first one, but I wanted to watch the second one because I didn't remember a lot that happened in it. Right. And and it's a it's a total, like, fan service sequel. Like, you know, you have the whole okay. Ivan, Drago, Ivan Drago thing in there and then Ivan Drago's son. Right. And I mentioned this to someone else. Like, even though this is called Creed 2, I know it, this is also when we were like kind of focusing on like Rocky being a part of it. And it's not like they like force him in it, but it feels like he's almost a, a distraction to like, who is the movie supposed to actually be about? Is it about Creed okay. or is it about, or is it about Rocky? And you feel that more in the second one uh, than okay. in the first one. Um, so not that it's a bad movie. It's it's still pretty good, um, but yeah, I go Creed, Creed 3, Creed 2. Uh, yeah, I'm due for to watch the second before the third, too. It's been a while since I've seen either of the first two, so I'm a little yeah. bit out of touch. And you know what, guys? I haven't thought about where this all fits in into the greater scheme of all the Rocky movies. Maybe I will come back in because uh, <laughs> I haven't seen some of them in a bit, so it wouldn't be fair for me to rank them uh, the right. way I'm feeling now. But uh, I eventually will come back to, you, to it and uh, let you guys know. And then other than that, for a rainy day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And other than that, I saw Scream 6. I saw it once at a press screening last Tuesday. And then again on Thursday with like a real audience. But honestly, dude, I made that comment about how stuffy the press screening was for the last one. Yeah. Um, this one was right? way different. I mean, this one was like 
it was press people nice. but they were all having a good time it was like a really fun excited to be there yeah yeah excited to be there and uh and then seeing it with a real crowd uh the second time was also 10 times more fun than that even though that experience was really fun like seeing it with like actual like fans and like you know people that aren't invested in reviewing it it's all good energy right and like i love an experience like around here we don't it's not too often we get a crowded uh uh, theatrical experience like that i find especially the movies that i'm going to like little a24 movies that release like the whale had like five people in there yeah stuff like that but uh, like top gun for instance was a good experience because it was like packed we don't get that as often so i can only imagine how awesome scream six must have been in a crowded theater yeah i think everyone was pumped too for like like we talked about it before the location change like i think that uh there's you know there's the general ortega factor and we're going to talk about her later mm-hmm. uh, and you know there there was a lot i think there was a lot i think i don't know if you couldn't you couldn't really tell when the last one came out like it came out it did well you know i think people were happy enough with it um but it seems like when this movie got announced and people talked about like oh we're, it's going to be in new york and like all this other stuff and then of course there was all this speculation of like is it going to be affected a lot by like neff campbell not being in it and then the reasons why she's not in it because it's more of like a business decision on her end which makes perfect sense for her yeah um you know how how that was going to affect the movie but like it didn't i mean it seems like screen fandom is as big as it ever was and right if not bigger with the new gen not, now yeah if not bigger and like i, I mean i'm not giving anything away because you haven't seen it and we're actually going to have an episode where we just talk about scream uh right. the scream episodes do really well for back to the blockbuster so we're going to try to keep that uh <laughs> try to keep that going definitely uh, but i will say what i will say is that like the new characters it feels like more their movie and i think that's for the better of like things for this film and moving forward like you can't constantly kind of live on like the past like not like the past isn't represented because it is but like right. you could you couldn't have those people that you got introduced to in the previous movie and not flesh them out more and not kind of put them a bit more center stage uh right and the movie's better for it i think i think so too one of the things i remember what like when i was watching five is that i really felt like your old your legacy cast and the new cast were fighting for screen time and because of that yeah. it kind of divided like neither one of them i don't think got like as much as they needed to really buy into either one of their stories so i'm yeah. glad to hear it sounds like they really like went in the right direction for six so i'm excited i'll be as of this recording i'll be checking it out tomorrow night tuesday night and i'm i'm really excited yeah so it should be a fun one it'll be a fun discussion i mean it depends on how you come out of it if you come out of it like you did with the last right. one i'm like oh this is not good hey we'll see i'll definitely i'll be lenient with it i'm I'm not gonna i think i did a disservice to myself by going into five so out of touch with the previous series i'm yeah. a little bit more invested now so yeah i'm expecting i'm expecting a little bit a different reaction but you know i'll keep it honest yeah for, for sure and that's all i want from you yeah <laughs> it works out for the best <laughs> exactly that's how i'll keep it but i won't um, be too harsh no matter what <laughs> all right what about you did you get anything in the, since the last time we yeah, I got a lot of good watches in, um, mostly like Oscar stuff, stuff that I had to get in before the ceremony that was nominated. Um, a few big ones I hadn't got in. I'll try to keep it tight just because I know we have a lot of stuff to get through this episode. Um, but there's some stuff that most of my watches tie into the Oscar conversation anyway. So it'll be a good segue whenever we talk about last night's ceremony. Um, a few things I wanted to point out. Um, I watched Elvis and Blonde last week, Saturday and Sunday, back to back. And I got to say, I feel it's criminal how each of those movies was received. I feel so they're 
very different movies, of course, but like similar yeah. in the sense they're both biopics about uh, you know, really famous, famous iconic Americans. Yeah, I feel Blonde did everything right, where Elvis did everything wrong. I I'm not going to be hot takes. Uh, maybe hot, it's a hot, hot take. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, I mean, Elvis was shut out last night, and I got to say, I'm yeah. fine with that. It uh, other than Austin Butler, who was I think the one thing I took away from that movie that I enjoyed. It's not to say that it's a badly made movie. It's just Baz Luhrmann style. I discovered for myself was not for me. Thought the editing yeah. was a nightmare. I did not like how it was edited. I honestly found it hard to get into the movie because like the average shot length of Elvis was like between three to four seconds long, maybe at least for the first half of the movie. So I didn't even feel like I was getting anything like performance wise, even from Austin Butler, the camera doesn't, doesn't stay, stay with anyone for longer than three seconds. And then you're from here to there, like all over the place, like a bunch of visuals thrown at you all over the place. It was really hard to get into. I actually started folding laundry in the middle of it. Like I, <laughs> I could not get into Elvis, man. It just was not for me. Um, I oh, do man. believe Austin deserved that nomination. He was, he was incredible as Elvis. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Not for me. And then, so I went right from Elvis to blonde and I was blown away at just, I think I just liked the the way that Blonde tackled the biopic story a little bit more of a traditional way. Didn't it, it right. also did some really cool visual stuff like uh, Andrew Dominic was like had took some experiments behind the camera and did a lot of some weird almost like psychedelic effects in a couple scenes. Um, also, I know Elvis or uh, Blonde has been like a really hotly uh, debated movie and like the yeah. the mainstream and the public discourse since it's since its release. And I gotta say, I don't I don't get it. I uh, I know that it was not a hundred percent accurate depiction of Marilyn Mon- Monroe's life. I get yeah. that part. It was also though adapted from a book. I don't feel like it tried to like come out and say that it was like an original no. or uh, so it, uh, a de- depiction. Yeah, it was always put out there, and I think some people know that and don't and some don't that right. it was like fiction fictionalized biopic so like that's why there's some exactly. liberties taken with her yep. life and like and i accepted that people didn't so, like that yeah yeah i, get, I yeah. thought it actually worked to service the story and like it did not for a minute try to to inaccurately portray marilyn monroe's life she's very much a tragic figure there's not a glimmer of hope throughout yeah. that movie you are just like feeling for her the entire time you go behind some doors that you maybe we don't know about in real life. And, and it, I feel like it does its best to try and paint the picture of what may have happened in some, and some like dark places of her life that we don't know about. Yeah. And I thought it did really good service to, to her as a person. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was uh, another one though, that I enjoyed that was tough to recommend. Like it was a hard watch in some places. Like I got to yeah, say it, it was like dark, but yeah. I really did enjoy it. Uh, and I deserved to be up there. Um, again, strong year. I don't know if I'd give it to her, um, but she deserved that nomination for sure. But that was, I've been dying to talk about those two movies, man, because they're so similar. <laughs> and I felt like very much on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, for how, like, you the, set the it up really well. Set it up real well. Like, I thought you were going to like surprise me, but like, I actually loved both of them. And then you were like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis, not so I much. honestly uh, like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know when I'll get back to Elvis or if I'll go back to see it. Maybe in the future if I want to like go through Baz Luhrmann's filmography, but I just didn't feel an inkling to get back to it. It wasn't for me. Blonde, though, you got to be in the right mindset to watch that one again, but it was a really well, regardless of the story and what you think about like the liberties taken with Marilyn's life, it was an objectively, amazingly helmed movie, technically, and looked gorgeous. I think robbed of a cinematography nomination, if you ask me. Definitely more so than Elvis, but that might be a hot take. Yeah. Um, 
The only other thing worth mentioning would be Babylon, which is another uh, criminally underrated movie from last year. Oh, Again, good. I was waiting for I, you to say that. Had you seen it? I, I wasn't <laughs> I did, sure. I did, I did see it, yeah. Dude, what, yeah. what? I don't get it. What What did people not like about it? Too too long, sure. but like, It's really oh long. Oh, my God, man. But it's I, so awesome. I think I think that some people just didn't like, I dug his style, like Damon Chazelle's style. Yeah. Like, I, especially, like I said, the first hour of it is like, oh. it's, it's oh so, I mean, like, like god you want to be there it's so crazy it's so crazy and but i think i think some critics have a, a problem with how hollywood is perceived during certain time periods this was i think that had, i think yeah. that, i think that had a lot to do with it um but yeah i don't get it i mean you know there's a thing on twitter like where people talk about how they're part of the babylon hive because like it didn't get real it didn't really get a lot of the nominations and the ones a that shame did, it yeah, deserves everything it, it got shut out of the ones that it did uh get and you know there are people that like myself too i would consider myself part of that hive that rode pretty hard for rode pretty hard for it that were like oh like all right you didn't like it but like i dug everything about it um everything about it for me giselle Giselle hasn't made a bad movie yet and like you know there are other people who are going to say that like oh well this is one of them but i mean it's but he he also said that he's fine with he knew it'd be divisive like he would be kind of polarizing um but I don't know, man. Like I thought he was like firing on like all cylinders, and I kind of I, I agree that like the the second hour and third hour aren't as strong as like the first. But like for when sure, you the, when you come out the gate like that, it's hard to like top. I mean, maintain that energy. <laughs> but, uh, right. I just thought overall, it was, and then I thought Margot Robbie was kind of robbed. Oh. I mean, I don't know who it. I don't know who she. I would replace her with, but like she. That's I think right. that was like. I think that's some of the best work that she's done, if not the best work she's done. Transformative um, performance for her. Like if she does that again, I, I I'm sure people won't overlook her. That yeah. hard hard performance to top though. Like the, she was amazing. All the the cast did a yep. fantastic job. Diego Calva, I think, was the other lead. Brad yep. Pitt, amazing as always. Like they were all snubbed, if you ask me. But it's hard when yep. you're only working with five nominations. Again, I don't know who I'd replace, but I feel like they deserve yep. to be there. And yeah, uh, by every single possible metric, Babylon <clears throat> was absolutely incredible. Deserved. I would have given it a nomination in every category if I could have. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Chazelle is like, I'm totally, I totally get what he's doing. He's like one of my favorite working directors and criminally underrated. But as long as he doesn't, you know, get discouraged by this, which I'm sure he doesn't care about the lack of recognition, he he's fine. Like he will be, continue to be, he'll be in that conversation for years to come as like one of the greats. Like he's a fantastic yeah. filmmaker. Um, but yeah, I can't really praise Babylon enough, to be honest, if you haven't <laughs> seen it and if you like any of his movies or if you like, it was honestly, if you, if I honestly looked, honestly looked at it like a, an earlier version of like the Wolf of Wall Street, my buddy had made this comparison. Yeah, It cool. feels very much like that and even yeah. the same length. But uh, if you like anything like that, check Babylon out. It was awesome. Yeah. And become yeah, part of the Babylon, that's... become part of the Babylon hive. Yeah, join the Babylon the Hive. I need some love. The, the Hive, the Hive is growing. It's it's, it's growing. It's growing. Yeah. They, I mean, they took a shot at Babylon during the monologue during the Oscars uh, about like it losing money because it it did it did flop. Yeah, uh, right. uh, yeah, it but, did, man. Which it, was so discouraging. But you know, it's kind of hard. I mean, releasing a movie like that during Christmas time, I mean, <laughs> it might be hard. Yeah, and and it was really against that. It was competing with Avatar for at least a few weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, so not. A I think it's one of those things that will find but... its audience. Like it's going to be like a cult favorite. I think. Uh, I bet you're right. Completely down yeah, the line. I think you're right. Alrighty. But, well, um, yeah. So that's all I wanted to get out. So let's uh, transition. We had a big night last night. Academy Speaking Awards. Oscars. So we yeah. uh, we 
we did um we did some predictions for you we did some that we did on the show we didn't do all of them on the right. show to save time um uh, but i did fill in uh the other ones uh before the show aired same here um i How'd you surpri- do? i surprisingly got 17 right but i'm like but there's oh, two of them nice but but you know what i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna say 15 because like i totally guessed on uh live action short and documentary short and got it right i didn't know i, I didn't really like Which there was no right so did i there was no like uh rhyme or reason to it uh other nope, than completely like, random <laughs> random i also uh, guessed that yeah short film animated i got right but i had no no dog yeah, in that fight just circled something but but, but overall yeah, pretty good night yeah i missed what, were you surprised right. by anything major um well let me tell you what i missed um yeah I missed, let's hear that. uh because i went with like instead of going with my heart because i remember i said like brendan fraser should win but then i was like kind of <laughs> hopped on the i hopped on the that's right Hop on the Austin Butler train and he lost. I was and, thinking of you. And Brendan yeah. Fraser won. And I, you know, I was That's right. We can we can talk about these in more detail, but I'll, I'll go. And then the other one yep. I missed supporting actress because I was like riding hard for Angela Bassett. And right. should have rode hard too. for uh for the Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis, because she ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, chat about that one later too. Holy moly. I, I should have went with my heart for original screenplay, but I thought they were gonna want to give Martin McDonough something. And right another movie that got shut out completely like didn't win anything oh. last night um to say you know that went to everything everywhere all at once but i was happy they won because i thought that was a really cool like one of their many cool wins last night i think the most deserving in that category so uh, not mad about I, it. I also miss uh speaking of babylon i missed the original score because i thought for sure that would win original score yep but nope nope uh the music from yeah. all quiet on the well quite on the western front run and yeah not mad about that one either <laughs> and then, but once they played the piece of the music i was like oh, oh. yeah okay i was like yeah <laughs> that good. score is so awesome <laughs> i'm cool with that um and then what else did i miss there was i'm trying to see the other one. Oh, documentary feature this is what happens when you just choose stuff based on the name yeah because <laughs> I, I think i chose all the beauty and the bloodshed and that was just based on pure name to right. get that right another thing i picked based on a name was the animated short my year with dicks which did not win i only picked it because <laughs> only picked it because of the funny name and like i had not heard wrong. about that until the ceremony even on my paper <laughs> i didn't even like read over the name of it like oh my god that threw me for a loop got that completely wrong um but i guess what uh you know every everything everywhere all at once uh made history last night and i didn't really like pay like notice how much history actually made until you really well, like a, yeah for michelle much, yo yeah first uh agent actress to win like lead actress and yeah. i know i uh we we did uh the show with like some of the people from the league of Cinephiles files yesterday and mm-hmm. i kind of brought that up about like how halle berry was going to be one of the people presenting it and the only reason halle berry presented the lead actress award because will smith won last year and usually it's the guy the person who wins the previous year that gives out best actress and then right uh uh Best actor is given out by the the lady that wins uh, best actress the previous year, but yes. we all know that Will Smith is banned uh, for ten years. <laughs> he couldn't be yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so Halle Berry was there, but it ended up being this like really cool moment because like you know a woman of color hasn't won the lead actress award since Halle Berry in two thousand two, and she's only and, the first to ever do it. And so she I was think... the first to ever yeah. do it, and like so like there was this genuine like hug and kind of like congratulations between the two of them that I thought was just really great and seemed like very sincere and like really amazing i just thought that was a really cool thing to i showcase. think the appointment of halle berry to that 
um to that award is uh, was foreshadowing by the academy they're like oh you're passing the torch on to the next one yeah like which i I did not clue in i'll admit while watching the ceremony it was only pointed out to me afterwards but i'm like that is it's kind of slick honestly good for them yeah it was cool i mean it was but also i mean uh if that's the case i just posted something today where like uh Paul Schrader, the guy who wrote ta- Taxi Driver. Oh yeah, I love me some Paul made, Schrader. He made some comments today about how the Oscars are too woke and uh, it's become like the international Oscars and like it should be our ceremony as in like US American ceremony. Okay. And, and that, I mean, those comments are kind of toned up because you know, you have people like her that come here. Uh, you know, there was this whole concept about the American dream last night. It was in, it was in her Wei speech. Kwan's. Yeah. It was in his speech too. Like uh, that's why to hear a statement like that it's kind of tone deaf because you know this isn't something that just ours because like you know a lot of people come here wanting to achieve these things and like you know and they get to if they're lucky and like you know them those two being really good examples of that uh of what you can do when like when you work hard and like that stuff pays off and even when it seems like there's a lull like how much you work and like you know like you know for him like you know speaking of him we're just like there was no opportunities for a very long time. And mm-hmm. I heard that he started doing like stunt work occasionally because he still wanted to be in the same room as like some of like these actors still wanted to work in the industry. And like, you know, his story is just amazing. And I and like I think that's what I'm gonna miss the most about this award season, just watching him like yeah, his totally. exuberance and then like just you know, fully just embracing taking selfies with all these people who he probably loves and admires and like, it's like being having... a kid again. It was yeah, so nice and, like, to see. So it was really, really cool, just really wholesome i thought uh i also wanted to just point out all the history that the movie made uh yes, yeah, for, what else did they do it's nominated for 11 oscars it won seven uh of the 11 uh it's the first sci-fi movie to win best picture i didn't even think about that uh it being like a Whoa. sci-fi film um it's also first film wow. to win picture and three acting awards uh best picture and three acting awards uh third film ever to win three acting awards uh, and A24, who distributed the movie, is the first ever production company to win all six top awards at the Oscars. So, like that, that is I mean, awesome. And um, you know, there is some, there is some hate. Not, well, I guess some people. There are people that don't like it. That didn't like. They thought it was like too weird and offbeat. Didn't like the movie. Yeah, and you know, yeah, for, for sure. All the, for all the things people say about it being too weird and offbeat, uh, it is weird and it is offbeat. But there is a real, genuine human story in it uh especially totally. especially you know like uh when you get down to the nitty-gritty stuff with like her and her daughter and like all that you know there's like this real kind of like we talked about that stuff in like after sun too where you're talking about the, the father-daughter relationship and like it you can convey those stories in like so many different ways uh and like this movie does it in a weird kind of fun multiverse <laughs> kind of thing and like totally. at least it at least it makes it like wholly original and like it gives it like you know, it's not like anything you really have seen before. And like, I, and the fact Absolutely. that like the, the Oscars acknowledged it, um, in such a big way, uh, even after, I mean, I only, I know I only sent you some of the anonymous ballot stuff like right. over the week, but you know, there were some people that said that it took them like, like some of the anonymous ballots, like, Oh, it took me four times to watch it. Cause they were just so like confused <sighs> or like what was going on. Uh, some people that didn't even watch it, that you didn't even watch it. Um, but hmm. I'm glad despite all that, it overcame that. And, you know, probably going to be one of the most unique uh, best picture winners we've probably seen. It will Uh, come up in future conversations, I think many times. And also, yeah, back to your point, the fact that it was uh, 
a that it was nominated so many for so many oscars but the fact that it won as many as it did is like got to be inspiring for uh future filmmakers for sure um so let's talk about they this was pretty much at the top of the show they did animated future first and mm-hmm. I felt good, right? I felt good out of the gate getting like the first one right, right <laughs> for right, right. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. But then we got to supporting actress, and um, I mean, I guess we saw it maybe coming with the SAG win. But like, I'll, I'll be honest, I did not see it even with the SAG win. I went. did not. I was all for Carrie Condon, like same yeah. pick that I had picked uh, when we filmed our last episode. I knew you were strong and Angela Bassett. I could have seen it going either of those ways. I did not yeah. expect to get who we got but i'm happy yeah. for her i'm happy for her too i mean i i felt bad because you know of course they have the camera on people when like they announce yeah the and there's already been this viral moment already with angela bassett really she looks disappointed and, and she, that's fair and, and i think what happens during award season and unless you like kind of are that person that even if you're as like talented and regal as as she is i think people telling you that like Oh, you're probably the front runner. Uh, you, I, this is yours. Like, you know, like, uh, what if that eventually like kind of gets to you and you're like, all right, maybe this could happen. Like, this might be my night. So, like, right. for her to have like a human, like, emotion of like deflation. I mean, like, that's not. I don't think she's being rude to Jamie Lee Curtis. I know people are spinning it that way. I just I yeah, never got also, that vibe. I think she's just also she's just human and like you know it, yeah. And you can express disappointment. Maybe, I mean, of course, the other nominees look like they kind of like handled it better. One of the nominees, of course, is her co-star, is Stephanie Shu. So she was going to be happy for her. Definitely. Um, but I still maintain this, man. It's it's a career Oscar. I mean, it I love a Jamie. career Oscar. You're I love Jamie Lee Curtis. the choir here, man. <laughs> yeah, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I actually think she is good in the movie. And yep. has some fu- she has some fun moments in it. But I agree with like a lot of other people. Like, if you're going to give... The supporting actress award to anyone in that movie it should have gone to stephanie chu <laughs> over jamie lee curtis who right. does a lot more like heavy lifting than jamie lee curtis does in the movie the movie demands a lot more out of stephanie chu than it does jamie lee curtis and, that is and, and there's true. an argument to be made that carrie condon and uh hung chow are also better in their respective movies uh than jamie lee curtis was um but it's a weird it's a weird thing because i also I'm looking at the reception to it and Jamie Lee Curtis knows her audience and the fact that she shouted out everyone that has supported her genre work over the years in her speech, which was like a direct like shout out to every horror fan that's like been behind her since like Halloween through the fog, through prom night, through terror train, through more Halloween movies. The fact that she shouted them out, like, cause she's always said this and people feel differently about like, you know, cause it seems like she kind of, after a while abandoned horror movies to do more mainstream movies but she's always acknowledged that like she wouldn't have a career without halloween so she's always thanked that genre for giving her a career and love that and even though there is like financial gain from like doing like you know halloween 2018 and then those two other movies after that you don't Mm -hmm. go back to that well unless you you know have some kind of love for it or respect for it she didn't have to do any of those movies again right she could have she could have tapped out after h2o and resurrection but like i don't want to do any more halloween movies and david gordon green pitched her on this really good idea to kind of come back and like disregard all the sequels and kind of like focus on that first movie and she didn't have to come back if she didn't want to so i still think at the end of the day she has like a lot of respect for genre fans even if people think like you know yeah she kind of abandons it every now and then she didn't have to even think 
the genre like that in her speech. And the fact that she did, I thought was a really good shout out to every horror fan it that's is. kind of supported her over the years. And you can't expect a, uh, an actor to stick to one genre for their whole career. If they take a hiatus from a certain genre, that is completely normal. So I don't, whatever hate or maybe not even hate, but any discourse around her abandoning the horror genre, I think is like misplaced. It's yeah. you rarely see an actor not step out of a certain genre uh, along their career. But I do think that her win um, opens up a conversation about like the merit of how you place your vote in the Oscars. Cause like, although I'm happy for Jamie Lee, there is an Oscar for to recognize an actor. Exactly. That's what voting for that is for, you know what I mean? Or, um, you know, I'm sure there's other circumstances, but I kind of like just wish that they had, given it to like the best performance of the year, which I just don't think was her. And I'm not alone in yeah. that. I know, but uh, definitely no, an interesting conversation. Maybe you're really not. And like, I've never been a fan of the career Oscar. Like when I look at like Leonardo DiCaprio for the Revenant, right. That to me, mm-hmm. even though he, even though when he won, I mean, he's still fairly young, but like, even though like, I felt like that was more of a career thing rather than this is the best like performance you've given or even the best performance that year. Uh, it felt more like uh, right. you you've been nominated so many times and uh you haven't won i feel like there are other people that are coming up on that too they have been i'm nominated multiple times who haven't won there are like people like amy adams who's been nominated like so many times and never won i think that like right not saying that like if there's a performance that she gives if it is the best of that year she gets recognition for it that's great yeah but i also i also know that she could fall in that category of like uh, it's been, she's been here so much. Let's just give it to her. And like, I've never been a fan of like that. I don't I want agree. her to be popular. I agree. There's the, there's the honorary Oscar. I mean, there's like, this is like a, a look back at your work, your contribution to the industry. Like that's what that's for. And it's a competition. Like, and I can't even imagine being an Academy voter, being like looking at all those names and being like, well, when's the next time Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be nominated for one? Like, you know, she's been in the industry for like 45 years. We should right. just give it to her. I couldn't vote that way. Like, uh, no, no, matter, right? and, no, matter, no matter how much I like her, like, I wouldn't be able to, like, vote that way at all. Um, I think she has enough respect and goodwill in the industry that it's like, you know, they'll still be like, yo, you have an Oscar. That's great. But I, you know, if you go on Twitter and stuff right now, there are a lot of people kind of calling it out. I mean, there are a lot oh, of people yeah. that a lot of people that are throwing their weight behind that threw their weight behind Angela Bassett. And I also don't want to put it up just on her. There are people that threw their weight behind Carrie Condon in a big way. Yeah. And then, and then also if you're going to nominate the supporting actress from her movie, they were like, Stephanie shoes should have been like a shoe in for that. Uh, like, like, so it's like, it's, you know, I, I agree. There's a bigger discussion about like the career Academy award. In the future for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like the first, I guess, surprise. I was like, you like, you like, mm-hmm. sent me a message like right after it happened too, and I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, I was like, oh. I can't believe they actually did it. Yeah, and then that made me very concerned <laughs> about the rest of my ballot. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Who knows where this is going? Which a, it uh, sounded like it ended up going pretty much the way you expected after that. Yeah, I mean, it did for the most part. Like, um, for the most part. What other, ca- what, what other category do you want to like kind of tackle as far as like was there like a surprise or like you kind of like thought was you know went the way you thought it was going to go or because i know we have some um, like sh- well the, should, shoulds uh, and who will wins kind of predictions and like kind of see how you felt yeah, like with um, yeah. 
there were not a whole lot of standouts. Like I did pretty well with my predictions. Um, I did one less than you. You said you went 17 for 23. I went 16 for 23, but nice. there was four categories in there. Like the, the short films and the documentary ones where I had no dog in the fight. So yeah. taking away those four, the 19 that I actually took the time and like made an educated guess on, I went 16 for 19, which I was like yeah. pretty happy with myself that they did. There weren't very many surprises. Um, but the big one, I guess, like I'm, I'm very happy they gave um, actor in a lead role to Brendan Fraser was just like such an awesome, like cathartic moment. Like I, was I couldn't contain my excitement for him. That yeah. was great. His speech was great. Um, what else was? I mean, actually, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the love that All Quiet on the Western Front got. That was nice. Oh, so, so like early, in, early, early in the night. So the fun thing about watching this stuff, guys, is if you do go on Twitter, because sometimes Twitter can be fun during the ceremony because everyone's just like tweeting out like right. live reactions and stuff right and there was like a little moment earlier in the night where that movie was winning a lot of like they were all technical awards i didn't like international feature but it was winning right. like a lot and i was like is this gonna be like a sneaky like is it gonna sneak in and like i mean i knew I in, my, in my heart it, i knew it was gonna win best picture but i was like is it possible is it gonna pull like a parasite and like win best picture and best international <laughs> feature um because it it got some pretty significant i mean there was one that we knew it was going to get thank god like cinematography i mean it is the best looking of the ones that were nominated for yep. cinematography so thank god for that <laughs> even though there should be that subcategory that, that has one too it, should have a subcategory with top gun maverick and the northman and the batman if we're gonna like yeah <laughs> um and you know and then of course the one international feature god, what were some other ones? Oh, and then score um even though i love yeah big one no i love babylon score uh i think that was like a surprise uh two for the night a little bit like i think a uh, strong uh uh front runner or not front runner what, what's the word i'm looking for not when, uh, runner, runner up, up. <laughs> runner, yeah, yeah. strong <laughs> runner up so like i wasn't that surprised when it uh beat babylon because it was the only other one i think stood a chance but uh, i did expect them to do babylon like justin uh horwood or herwitz's uh, yeah. streak is now over but yeah. uh like hearing that score again like you said like it just it rattled my bones a little bit and i actually have such an inkling to rewatch that movie again since it did as well as it did last night um yeah and then it, um let's see we also knew obviously visual effects was going to avatar you know what i would have i would have like fell out my seat if they gave it to anything else i would have thought it was funny oh i would and i, yeah. I would have not i wouldn't have been mad i would have been like oh well that's gonna I, I see what you did there you guys are trying to be funny over at the academy my jaw would have dropped uh because there were yeah. a lot i love that like uh jimmy kimmel calling out james cameron not being there last night and tom cruise yeah because he's right. like, like two of the biggest proponents of like getting back people getting back to the theater are not actually at the theater tonight i i mean i don't know why tom cruise <laughs> wasn't there maybe he's doing a self-admission impossible i don't know for sure if he's shooting something james cameron i don't know why he wasn't there either uh the avatar team seemed like it was represented by like sigourney weaver and all the technical people that were uh that worked on the visual right. effects because that was like that was theirs to lose and they they got it of course um but it was interesting that those two big figures like of like going back to the movies were not there you know um, what i i bet you they would have been there if they thought their movie had any chance at winning the big one but i think they both knew i'm sure that would make a difference but be interesting well, you know, to know where they were I'd, yeah i'd be interested to know too how he was filming um and i'm gonna say at least we can say academy award winner top gun maverick because they won one it did win for best That's sound, right, sound. <laughs> uh, yeah good for it i'm happy it can put that on the dvd cover yeah <laughs> when you like get yeah. the fine print like what did it win oh like best sound right. cool <laughs> uh, sound 
still. Uh, and then I'm glad I went with uh, everything everywhere all at once for editing. I thought like I I me too. Uh, there were there were some people that were rooting for uh, Elvis. Uh, I know that was a big one on Twitter. Um, I I I I was like, how do you watch everything everywhere all at once and not? Look at how marvelously it's like cut together. Uh, so I was like, yeah, that also had to be one like person, only oh, yeah, one yeah. dude went up there to get the award. So did he do that? He must have had a team. I, I think he shouted out his team, but I was. And yeah, then he said it that. was his second movie. I think like when he when he won his award. What? And I was like, oh my god! I was like, good for you, dude. Um, they also filmed it in like thirty six days or something like that. They did like it. The so I, I, I heard this must have taken I heard nine they months. Like, they did it right before everything shut down. Uh, like Jamie Lee Curtis said, I think she started shooting oh. in like January, 2020. So they got it all. And it was like, it was in like done locally, like in the Los Angeles area. It's like Jamie Lee Curtis makes a lot of jokes okay. about that because like at her age now, she's like, I want to fly a lot out to do a lot of work. So she's like, I live in LA. <laughs> it's cool. that It's cool that it shoots in LA. Uh, but yeah, it like did this yeah, little definitely. strange. They all talk about, they did this strange little movie like right before everything uh shut down and i also liked in the editor's speech where he said i hope he was talking about the actors and stuff and he was like i hope i did all of you guys proud because like a movie yeah. like kind of lives and breathes after they shoot it and now it's up to an editor to kind of put all those pieces together so i thought it was cool that he was like i hope that like what i did put together like i mean certainly made them look good i mean they're all like a lot of them were Oscar uh, yeah, after yesterday it so paid off paid off big yeah. time uh I think them. the uh, editor of Elvis could have taken a couple of notes from him because I that was a movie I got lost in. There was too much going on, edited too wildly, but uh, I, I like, also had predicted everything. So yeah, we talked about that too because I mean I brought up Baz Luhrmann. Like if you're into like Moulin Rouge and even The Great Gatsby, I think that works for that. Like that kind of frenetic, right. kind of like quick cut, like razzle dazzle kind of stuff. It works for those movies. I just didn't think it yep. worked for a biopic like this. But there are there are people that feel differently than us that thought it was it kind of gave the film like a lot of energy. My train of thought was that movie's oh, long. Oh, it gave it energy, all right. Yeah, yeah oh, that, man, that movie is long. long. But for a movie that moves so fast and it's cut so quick, it felt. It's, why did it still feel long? That's, <laughs> like, that's a great like, point. Like it great felt like point. extremely long. Um, but yeah, I I was happy that everything ever all at once uh, took that award. Um, and then the screenplay like awards. Um, you know, I, even though I was wrong, I mean, I'm happy that the Daniels won because I kind of felt like they could win. But I was like, I was thinking too much like how the Academy might be thinking like, oh, they want to give Martin McDonough. I didn't think they were going to kind of shut out Banshees entirely. Uh, right. And it got shut out of everything. I mean, we had like four major shutouts, I think. And there was that movie, The Fableman and Tar. Tar. That didn't, yeah. win, it, that didn't win anything. Uh, I think Triangle of Sadness, right? That didn't win anything either. Um no, I don't uh, think it did. For, uh, and except for the Palm Door at Con, which is great. yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right, all right, right. needs. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Who um, cares? But you know, like I said, I'm happy the Daniels won. And they actually, actually, each time that they went up there and accepted an award, all their speeches speeches were really good. Um, yeah, they really were. And you they can just prepared. tell that, they and prepared. you can tell they are like total yeah. like film nerds. Like you can tell they just love filmmaking, and like yep. yeah, that that kind of shined. Uh, Every time they went up on, on stage to like to accept their award, and you know we talked about uh, women talking and Sarah Pauly. That was going to be the one that like she could win, and she did. And I, I yeah, I, I, I was great. on that one too. Yeah, and, uh, I, and very deserving. Did you get a chance to see that one? We you know we chatted it briefly. Yeah, uh, when you said that, I watched it that morning. Before oh I went yes, to work. yeah, yeah, it's really good. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
Very well uh, written. Deserving, so yeah, for sure. So I'm glad that it got acknowledged in some way. And I, I love what she said in her speech about like, I'm glad the Academy like paid attention to a movie that had women and talking so close together. In the title. That's yeah, right. I mean, there's a reason those those are jokes like that out there, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right. Oh, and I heard that she's uh, one of her next projects. She wants to do a movie that it centers around like Academy voting. I guess like maybe being inspired by like no way what, what kind of went on with the whole Andrea Riseborough stuff. Like I that could be a really okay. fun maybe a really fun movie. I don't know if it would like piss I'm off people in the industry, like but like that. but that'd be really cool to uh, kind of see. I uh, love yeah. Something like inside, like Hollywood, kind of like I love like inside uh, the industry movies, dude. That's why yeah. I like Babylon. Like I would love that movie regardless of what it was talking about, but just yeah. it, it hit extra home. Movies like that are awesome. Yeah, it's nice to get a sneak uh, peek behind the curtain. And also, too, like we have like two people from Encino Man. That I mean, going back to Brendan Fraser and uh, uh, Huey Kwan, they were both in Encino Man together. Uh, you would never yes. would have thought Encino back in the Man. day those two guys would be Oscar winners, but like good for them and there was like actually one of the things i did see after the oscars ended uh i think uh brendan frater is getting interviewed and uh k huey kwan walks backstage while he's getting interviewed and they have this genuine moment of like we did it like kind of together like they like, uh. each other and like it was just so cool to kind of see like because they both like you know had this kind of career thing where redemption story yeah yeah like you know brendan frater hadn't worked in a while like kind of thought the industry was through with him and the same day thing with Kehu Kwan. So I think that to have them both kind of be in that position together, uh, it's just really cool. Really cool to see. And they were both first time nominees too, which was, there was a lot of those last night, like yeah. 16 or 15 or something like that. Yeah. And then like my friend texted me when Harrison Ford came out to announce Max Fisher, he was like, Oh, everything everywhere all at once is going to win because that guy was in Tipple of Doom with Harrison Ford. It's going to be really adorable. <laughs> Wait, he says that yeah. that one best picture, and then and what did he do when he ran on stage? He gave Harrison Ford like the biggest hug, biggest hug, because they actually had reunited yeah. before at like another event and like took a picture together and like yes, it's a really cool, uh, fun thing to kind of see. Uh, I don't know I think he probably had the most fun during all of award season. Certainly, I think you're right. Yeah, gonna, um, not much space left on his uh, on his mantle now with all the awards that he's won over the last few months. I know, right. And then, uh, yeah. and I, I mean, I talked about original song. We didn't really talk about it on the show. I don't know what the criteria is for like winning. <laughs> um, dude, that not to not to song watching it live. I, it was fun and I get yeah. it. It was like completely fun, but I don't know how they choose yeah. it. Um, because then I was watching like when it got to Rihanna's when she did lift me up, I thought it was like a pretty right. good, like emotional, like well done performance. And like, when you watch it within the movie, it like fits so well in the last like five minutes or so it's like a really emotional scene that it's used for so i was always okay. wondering like what the criteria is for picking a best original song but then the the lady that introduced not to not to said that the song plays during a pivotal moment in that movie too so it could be like yeah you know, just just once as we important. see i'm sure it'll be like all oh, context i'm excited to see i haven't made the time to watch it yet but i'm going to carve yeah. out some time eventually sure. to watch that uh what else uh oh also uh costume design uh ruthie carter won for black panther wakanda forever right uh the first woman of color to win that oscar twice so uh she worked on oh. the first movie as well so uh good uh, also a really significant win for uh her i was kind of worried because they actually lost the costume like one of the big costume awards uh to 
everything everywhere all at once like a week or two prior and i was that's like, where i that's where i <laughs> yeah. yeah uh but yeah i mean so that was cool to actually see as well um so marvel got on the board with that one it, so marvel is always going to go on the board with technical stuff it seems like you know i mean that's yeah. one of the things that they've said about angela bass's loss is that is this more of like a a dig against like they're not the academy doesn't want to give an actor no matter how strong they are an oscar for appearing in a marvel movie and you can we can speculate all day long if that's the case but it is an interesting argument right. to be made if if they're really that highbrow about it like i'm like oh like we're not gonna the nomination was enough <laughs> like you know right. we'll never really know I we'll think, never really know for sure no we'll never know but um i think if it wasn't jamie that had won that one where it was just so so clearly a career recognition award yeah. that that argument would i think have a little bit more sway um right. be interested in another life to have known but uh no yeah. we'll see there'll always be i'm sure there will be maybe a couple nominees for or nominations for marvel next year we can see how that goes and that goes. discussion yeah. will still be alive i'm sure for sure and i know i broke down yeah. all the uh, history that everything everywhere all at once made but just to make it a more like a clearer picture of like the kind of big sweep that it had best picture mm. best best director uh best original screenplay best supporting actress best supporting actor and best leading actress that is an incredible feat to like sweep uh awards and all those categories had there been a lead actor there would have been like some competition maybe for like Brendan Fraser and like yep. the rest of those dudes uh that was the only that does that's what makes it not like a clean sweep in the major categories because it wasn't nominated there. right um the fact that it, th it picked up both crazy. supporting ones was pretty cool though so it's yeah, like, kind of like yeah almost awesome. like the big five but like the like the junior version of that with the supporting, exactly. which is pretty cool exactly yeah um happy to see uh, it so how do you feel uh coming out of your uh first uh award season on the podcast <laughs> Oh great! I mean, <laughs> bewildered, uh, exhausted. Uh, I honestly like as much fun as I have with the awards. Like this is my first time ever really like following other ceremonies beyond the Globes the and the Oscars. Um, but I'm excited to have done it. But that all that being said, like I am glad to be moving on to different topics. Talk about something a, else. An, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's such an encompassing few months. It feels like that's a lot of what we're talking about. But hey, it's like the Christmas season. Like I live for it when we're in it. When yeah. it's time is done i'm excited to move on to other things until we get yeah. to this point next year so i mean all in all i feel like pretty good with how everything turned out um i especially like the academy awards was great to watch all went off yeah. without a hitch and yeah i'm glad for what the future holds for 2023's movies we're already almost a quarter of the way through the year it's crazy it's crazy oh and my like god and then what i try not to do i actually respect a lot of the cinephile pages on instagram and twitter that do this i can't do it because like award season is so long there are already people that post right. like what they think will be like the front runners for like the next award season like i've yeah, seen I that already Merck's today post. i was like man yeah i'm like yeah. i can't even i don't even want to think about it it's like I want like a rest. I, I want to take them as they come for the next few months. I want months, to enjoy you know I mean? this. I want to enjoy the summer movie season and like kind of shut my brain off a little bit and watch dumb action movies. And of course, we're gonna get exactly. like exactly you get like stuff like Oppenheimer. That's probably gonna be like a big player oh. uh, next award season. But yeah, yeah, like you said, it's like so. And you got in it like in the thick of it, like when, when you got on here, like yeah. in, in the middle, in the <laughs> middle of it, and like, but it is a lot of fun. And it's kind of cool to kind of go along and see like, oh, how well did I do? Like how well did my predictions go? Um, sometimes you're genuinely surprised and then sometimes you're genuinely like, excited for 
people that you've been rooting for. And even if you weren't rooting for those Definitely. people, like you're just like, well, it's still cool to see you win, I guess. So and to watch movie uh, history being made before your eyes is like really cool too. Right. And I also shouting out those people who got nominated that didn't win. Like, like just like thinking of like people like Paul Mescal or uh, Anadarmus, like people like yep. people like that, that get those nominations where it's like, even Steph, I'll even say Stephanie Shu and like, you know, Hung Chao too. Like, yeah. like, I think what that means down the road for the roles that you might be able to get, um, I hope I, I hope because sometimes you hear actors when they talk about like oh, I was nominated and then like I didn't hear the phone ring for like this amount of months. I hope that's not the case for like some of these people, uh, because I think like like with with a lot of those guys and girls, like it was just like it gets their work notice. And it's like, OK, pay attention to them, uh, see what they're going to do next, like put them in a project that even expands on that talent even more. So I, I'm looking forward to see yeah. what, like what comes from a lot of them. Uh, down the line off the top of my head i know i don't i can't think of anything for hong chow or for stephanie shu i'm sure they will get some some good roles handed their way but we know paul mescal is casting gladiator 2 which is yeah. filming which is great and anna i don't think her career is going anywhere that was probably the first of many nominations yeah. if her career is going anyway the like the way it is yep. so uh i agree i'm excited to see where where the careers of all these nominees go. Cause again, there's a lot of first time nominees um, carving yeah. a name for themselves. It's great to see. Yeah. yeah and I think that's why, I think that's why yeah. you can feel like a genuine excitement in the room. Cause there were so many people that were being acknowledged for the first time. And like, I think Definitely. that had a lot to do with it too. Um, uh, before I wrap that, what'd you think of Jimmy Kimmel just as a host overall? Like I, I thought he did a really good job kind of carrying it along for the most part. It's a hard I gig. think he did a great job as well. <laughs> As I said, kind of, yeah, it is a tough gig, but um, if anybody, if there's a reliable person to do it, Jimmy Kimmel is that. Um, my experience, like we got into a little bit off camera with watching the Oscars was a little bit, uh, you know, oh, obscure. Thanks. I didn't get yeah. to, I wasn't a typical sat down at the beginning of it and sat in the same place till it was over. I was in between places and had some difficulty. So there's probably many parts of him I didn't see, but from what I did see, he handled himself well. He didn't really stray too far off in any direction he kind of kept it you know um like yeah. pretty what it was like kind of reined in i guess is what i'm trying to yeah. say so i thought that was great i would like to see maybe a different host in the future and like i would be fine with you know him being a recurring host over years like right. coming back and filling in some gaps but yeah i'd like to see maybe something somebody else along his like kind of caliber but uh right. i'm always on board with him you know it's going to be a, a good ceremony if he's hosting what do right. you think of him uh I thought it was good. I mean, I think he's a pretty reliable presence there. I mean, there were some jokes that didn't Definitely. entirely work when he was doing the thing where he took the questions. Uh, the one he gave to Colin Farrell was funny, but the one before, uh, I forgot her name. Uh, Malala? Uh, yeah. Malala, and that yeah. Did, and like, usually with bits like that, they're kind of pre-planned, but that didn't seem, she her reaction didn't seem like it was pre-planned. No. <laughs> it was uh, awkward. So that, so that was awkward, but the Colin Farrell one was funny. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, but like, for the most yeah. part, like I thought he did a really good job. It's, it's I mean, and, and he had to acknowledge the slap, and I have like, you know, it the way he did it was funny, and it he went didn't off kill well. it or overkill it, it, which was, yeah. I was that's what I was worried about. You know what I mean? Like that would yeah. be slap jokes all night. Yeah, he had a few, but it wasn't like overbearing. Yeah. Um, also, to even like be in that crowd and to go like um, <clears throat> off script and to do something kind of like not scripted like with what he did with the yeah. questions is like that takes some serious balls man like with that yeah. kind of caliber of people in the room everybody really watching does. like 
I would I would not be lift, lifting my eyes from that teleprompt if I were him. So you know, yeah. good for him. Even if his jokes didn't land, he you know tried to be himself, be original. Cause it's so. not because it's not Props an easy to thing to do to like run a show like that. God, I mean, no. like for all the criticism that you know a lot of critics I write about these award shows, it'd say like, oh, he didn't do this right or he didn't do that right. Like a lot of these people who are like reviewing it, probably they would not be able to do it themselves. So like it's uh, exactly it's a tough one. It's a tough one, and, and like you're in a room with a lot of important people. And you gotta, you're wondering, yeah, like, am I gonna colleagues. say something? Your colleagues, yeah. these are people that also have been on your late night show if you're him. <laughs> so, like, it's like, it's an interesting <laughs> yeah. place to be in. Uh, but I thought he did good Certainly. overall. Yeah. And we even got like, an appearance from Cocaine Bear. So that was funny. That yeah, kind of, that, that, was... that, I think, I thought that mostly landed <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, funny. I, I like how they tied into the Visual Effects Award. Yeah, yeah. I thought cool. that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, overall, I thought it was a good kind of return to form for it. The Oscars, yes, and, very uh, satisfied overall. After after a couple random uh, years where things <laughs> didn't go the way the way they should, um, that's right. But to kind of like we'll uh, kind of rapid fire some of these like other news items because we just want to uh, get some of them in. Um, and there's been lots. There's been lots. Uh, I will start with because I don't we don't have to spend too much time on it. Uh, but I'm glad and glad sure. they are doing doing this. Uh, I think it was last week when they dropped the news that Patty Jenkins Rose Squadron Star Wars movie is not moving forward anymore. And then Kevin Feige's untitled Star Wars movie, whatever that was going to be, uh, also not moving forward anymore. Uh, it's like uh movie is maybe uh, still in the works. Uh, there's reports that he wants to star in it. I don't know how I feel about that. No, oh, um, but um I know there is like this hunger to get Star Wars back on the big screen, but I, you know, if they don't want to rush it, don't rush it. And that's how I kind of feel about. I that. agree. It's thriving on TV right now. And, uh, and I would just let it, that. let it stay there. And I think we mentioned like when we were comedy on like the G rolls stuff that I posted, like yep. the creatives behind the TV shows are doing a good job. You have John Favreau, Dave Lonely, all doing really well with the shows. Like they might be too busy with the shows, but like, and trust them maybe with doing some of the movie stuff like if that's the case i mean i don't know like i'm kind of happy that they realize that like hey we kind of greenlit and like announced all these projects maybe too soon and right now we now we need to kind of cut our losses the patty jiggins one i it, i think it might be creative differences i think the kevin feige one is like you need to focus on marvel <laughs> and not so, so yeah much. tell me a little bit about the kevin feige like kevin feige marvel or uh, star wars project as in the sense that he was going to direct or what? i think it was a produce and direct one and i think really? so, uh, anyone can correct me if i'm wrong but if, if anything like he most likely be a producer on it uh but i think That's, he had an idea yeah. that he pitched and then they were writing it uh and i think that got announced in like 2019 and there was a writer attached to it uh that actually worked on uh the multiverse of madness i guess and but I guess that's not moving forward anymore. And then like Interesting. Um, Rogue Squadron got announced at one of those, like I think D23 Expo things. Like, it was like a big like just deal. recently, right? Uh, maybe like a year or two ago. I mean, it, okay. it got announced and then, then it was kind of put on the back burner because they were like, oh, she has to work on like Wonder Woman 3 and now she's not. <laughs> uh, and then they were like, oh, <laughs> now they're like, uh, uh, I'd be now, shaking if I were Patty Jenkins right now. Like those are two huge lucrative properties, properties that... that she's not attached to anymore. Like I'm wondering what's going on with her. Although I'm going to say I'm not upset in any way about it. Like I'm when it comes to Disney, like their Star Wars owners, I honestly, I'm, I'm a little bit checked. I'm a lot checked out. So I'm not yeah. like in any way, like 
feeling anything towards like these this news but yeah. if i was going to like want to see a star wars project on screen like a movie i wouldn't want it to be patty jenkins helmed um, that's just my opinion so i'm not mad about that i'm curious yeah. what's going on behind closed doors with her though yeah i am too because like it she was such a hot thing after wonder woman yeah and then like and then like whatever and whatever goodwill she had kind of faded after 1984 yeah and, but i i agree i've heard from like a lot of women though that kind of say that they don't know if like a male director would have gotten as much like flack coming off of like a hit in a critical hit and then mm. maybe doing a lesser movie and like would there be as much negative attention attached to like oh well look at her like like her second one like oh look at the sophomore slump blah 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 i don't i honestly don't know if you would get the same reaction if it was a guy that kind of had a little yeah. bit of a sophomore slump after having such a big hit I think um, it's just one of those ones we'll not know an answer to. It just depends on what we would have got if it had to happen. I don't think it's like a a blanketed sort yeah. of approach. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at like Ryan Johnson. Like he didn't do – this is a different scenario. He didn't do Force Awakens, but he did the second one in the Star Wars prequel series. It got trashed. He was still able to – and it got trashed harder than 84 did, maybe not by yeah. much, but definitely more so. And he was able to – I think she could take a play out of his book because he – rebounded quite successfully and uh is still doing well and making content i think yeah. patty maybe you should just try something original yeah well so when ryan johnson did the last jedi i it got good critical reviews because it was doing something different but like every star wars fan was that was too different <laughs> and they yeah, got really, and, and, and you got like the audience score is pretty low for the last jedi because so many star wars fans hate it but like apparently he's they still want to work with him and he still wants to work with the star wars people and i'm surprised after all that going through all that i mean he must have a thick skin because like it <laughs> uh and I, I think it's cool that they want to work with him so because i still think he's a good, great director and writer i mean yes and like i didn't love the last jedi but it had very little to do with like the changes that he was trying to make i just didn't think it like i think it had like a lot of little narrative issues i also think it was too long there was like other issues with it that had nothing to do with like the big swings that he took i actually appreciated the big swings that he took um I, I, but kudos to him for wanting to stick around. Uh, yeah, and, and like kudos that, to him in for that, in that yeah. fandom, which is very he channeled uh, a lot of that bad publicity into a really successful Netflix property with not with Knives Out, and was able to kind of get some stuff off his chest and pump out what he was feeling in in terms of the reaction to his movie into yeah. an original screenplay that ended up doing very well. I'm like, I gotta admire him for that as much as yeah, like I sure. was kind of hard on him after that, even with Knives yeah. Out. But still, I I can't take that away from him. But uh, yeah, so um, of those three projects, just back to Star Wars for a sec. Of those three projects, I think of those three, if there's anybody uh, between Taika, Patty Jenkins, and Kevin Feige that I'd want to still be attached to that, I think it would be Kevin Feige because I think that he's kind of got the whole – he's got that that figured out and nailed down pat, like where he can yeah. handle these big IPs and produce a pretty solid movie. I yeah. don't know, and I think I commented on – might have been Merck's post about Taika's project. I don't know that I like him – on star wars uh, yeah <laughs> you know I, I mean i don't i mean i don't want him to star in it i think that was where i like kind of got thrown off right i mean uh, i mean, i think he could be i think he could be a good so i love what he did with like thor ragnarok and i like jojo right. rabbit too but like they feel so uniquely him that's what that I'm it saying. Really, but they don't really feel like it would be good for Star Wars. He did Thor uh, four. Uh, he also <laughs> he didn't did star in yeah, that either. Yeah, yeah. That, oh. The one, the one, the one that Ragnarok's way too hard. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, not good. Um. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that either. 
I, I guess of of the three, I guess I would want Kevin Feige's. Um, I think he just needs a chain. Like Taika needs somebody reining him in, being not too many jokes. Like this is stick a little bit to your script and don't be so. Uh, not like again. I think he'd be great with original content in the way that he films and directs and kind of doesn't know where he's going to go from scene to scene and and it has fun with it, but not for a, an established IP like Star Wars. That is a, rest, a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I think so too. But I think I think the focus is like they want Feige on Marvel and maybe and that, that makes could be, sense. Especially because they're like kind of in a if he <laughs> spot. spot right now, yeah. as far as like I understand creatively. that creatively. So I I could see like yo, let's like kind of keep your focus on that, um, and I rather that too. I mean, I I, I really don't want to see that ship kind of. It's not like it's gonna sink. I think they'll be. I think they're gonna be fine in the end. I just they just hit a few like. Where speed, is speed the bump. end though? That's what I I'm know. <laughs> I guess so. Like, are we gonna get to phase eight? And I guess there's like, like three more development. I guess like, there's no there's no bottom for the Marvel movies, right? They just they just keep going. And when they wait, like at what point do you restart it? I guess you don't. Or you just keep it moving un, un, until <laughs> they stop making money, which uh, some of them already have, but not nearly to the point where they would scrap it. But. I don't know. Like, I'd be it. interested to see if we hear news about a phase seven if things go the way they do. Like, it's got to end yeah. sometime. Yeah. When uh, is the is the question? <laughs> yeah, is the question <laughs> exactly? Exactly. We'll probably uh, still be around. <laughs> so we'll keep it on the Marvel train a little bit. Like, we actually yep. talked about this when we were on uh, uh, on the show that we were invited to yesterday uh, with Daredevil: Born Again. Um, uh, John Berthold is returning as Punisher. That's a pretty big deal for people that love the Netflix Marvel properties. Uh, a lot I of love, happy fans of that. Yeah, I love Daredevil. That those three seasons were amazing, and I was devastated when it was the first of the Marvel shows to get canceled. It didn't help when they got rid of all of them after that, like because you know everyone knows what the story behind that, like uh, because Netflix was licensing all the Marvel stuff and didn't want to do that anymore, so. They canceled right. them, but then we and then Marvel and Disney could even use those properties for like a certain amount of time until at, like after cancellation. So we had to like wait and wait and see if they were gonna bring back some of these people that we loved in these roles. Like I know Charlie Cox was like, you know, a lot of people loved him as Daredevil and like, hey, can he be Daredevil in MCU? And like, of course, that was answered kind of twofold with like having Vincent D'Onofrio come back as Kingpin on like the Hawkeye series and then uh and then having Charlie Cox have a cameo in Spider-Man No Way Home that means that oh like he is in the MCU and then of course they announced the Daredevil Born Again show for Disney Plus 18 episodes Charlie Cox returning Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Kingpin and then we get John Berthall not I don't know how much they're going to use him uh right there's I don't know if this is like a guest spot one or two episode kind of thing but it's a big deal that he's, it's another uh, example of them using people from these Netflix Marvel shows that were popular with fans and like bringing them in uh, the MCU. So now we're just waiting for uh, Jessica Jones, Kristen Witter, and uh, right. I don't think Mike Coulter wants to come back as Luke Cage. I think so much time has gone by that he's done other stuff. Oh yeah. And no disrespect for anyone that likes Iron Fist, but I don't know if anyone wants Finn Jones back. So I don't think he's ever going to get a phone call to come back. Um, but still a really cool thing. I know there's some concerns about like how far the show's going to go because it's on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, I, Daredevil... I forgot about that while you're talking about it. And now I'm just like, oh, yeah, because Daredevil, Daredevil on Netflix was like there was gritty. no it was very gritty. I uh, I still have concerns about it. I'm also concerned yeah. about the length of like 18 episodes. Of ah. I mean, I'm sure they'll split it up maybe, but like it seems like 
a you lot. know, yeah, two nine-part halves maybe have like some sort of mid-season, like kind of yeah. like a Walking Dead style cliffhanger. I think that opens up room to bring back some of those other. Um, how did you how did you word it? These other like kind of shows, like oh, Jessica the, Jones, like, Luke, Jessica Jones, like off the uh, the Netflix like Marvel properties, like yeah, like all the people yeah. are on there. That opens up were, some doors if you, if you really want to bring them in. That's a lot of uh, episodes to give them yeah. some some love. So maybe they were fan, do that. They were fan favorites, man. Like a lot of those people that were, with the exception of Iron Fist, they were all like really big fan favorites. Like people really liked their shows and really liked them. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yo, if you have if you already have it perfectly cast, like let's just like see what you can work out with like getting them back in. And I'm glad that like Kevin Feige. Is he's one of those people that acknowledge that fan base for those shows. He acknowledged the fan base for Daredevil, Punisher, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, even something like Agents of Shield, which kind of went on for like seasons where it's like, how connected is it to the greater MCU? Like he was still aware that like even when they were like, okay, for that show to thrive, it has to distance itself a bit. He was aware that like even though viewership wasn't always strong, it still had a really dedicated fan base. And he's like, okay, right. like if we do go back to those those wells, like can we utilize some of that talent still and like keep them around? So I think that's smart not yeah. to like go full reset, full reboot, especially when you have well, talented people already in the role. So exactly. Well, speaking to that point, I know that there are some fans up in arms. We did chat about this a little bit yesterday. There are, what are there two significant characters recast for the new, for the Daredevil? Oh Disney yeah. Show? So uh, let me, uh, I want to get the name right. So Eldon, uh, hence that I believe a foggy Nelson, and then Deborah Ann Wool, who I, who I mean, I mentioned this yesterday when they were announcing Daredevil: Born Again. She was one of those people that be she was getting interviewed for like other stuff, random stuff, and like right. if you like every interview, she'd just be like, "Well, I know they're making it. I'm not busy." and they're not, and they're and not. She bringing wasn't it approached. Back. I, I'm guessing, like, I guess not. I mean, I, I mean, they're probably just wanting to go. And, like, I know we Weird. talked about this yesterday. I'm not sure if they're recasting them or they're just not going to have those characters anymore. Uh, but even that kind of upset some fans. Because, like, for... Rightfully I mean, so. I think most of the characters on that show were well-liked. Everyone, would, like, thought that people were, like, perfectly cast in the roles that they had. Um, and, I, and I do feel bad for her because she... Not, I'm making fun of it, but like, I don't think it was so much in a desperate way. I think she just really liked the part and she really liked being a part of the show. Totally. Uh, and same thing with Eldon Henson, who was on the show as well. I, I, I know Rosario Dawson has talked about wanting to come back, but she's busy with her Star Wars show now, so she probably can't even uh, do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's like kind of like an up and arm situation about like, you know. Yeah. Just another sort of thing to look out for in terms of, you know, the trajectory of this show. Like, definitely, like, it's it's nice on the one hand. A, just great that Charlie Cox's Daredevil is being brought back where it was so revered. B, yeah. great move to bring back John Bernthal's Frank Castle. But for those two steps forward, you do kind of got some half steps backwards. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to keep our eye on, see how that goes forward. Um, unless there's anything else you wanted to cover in, regarding that, uh, there's another... Uh, oh, overbloated no. universe that we could get into <laughs> in terms of the, the creed the, news. The, the segues are perfection this episode <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about what we have to expect going forward with the creed uh series uh, so because creed made a massive amount of money opening weekend 58 million dollars i think still it's going already strong, I imagine. Still going strong i think it already crossed 100 million dollars domestically oh yeah in 10 at, days at, that's right in 10 days um Congrats I guess these I guess these discussions were already happening, but they probably started to happen even more after the opening mm. weekend. 
but they said that Michael B. Jordan has been taking meetings with Amazon. And I know there's some confusion about this because they were like, why Amazon? Uh, Amazon like acquired like uh, MGM, which is allowed them to release like, uh, you can either, they could either release the Creed movies theatrically or they could have just sent them to the Amazon Prime, like the Prime Video oh, if they wanted to. Thank God they didn't and, do that. And they, they knew that they had like a real winner with it uh, theatrically. So thank God they didn't do that. Um, but I guess he's taking meetings with like, uh there's gonna they want to do like a whole kind of like creed almost universe with like tv shows uh an anime series like they've already talked about like <laughs> a, a drago spinoff um I, I you know i'll read some of them to kind of get you guys up to speed on like what they right. are um it's a lot uh, it is a lot it's a talk about putting all your or not not all your eggs in one basket but basket. T- biting off more than you can chew like too right. soon i, I just I kind of feel like I know where that's going, but so it says, according to deadline, some of the potential projects talked about include an anime series connected to the Rocky spinoff IP. And there are ideas for a companion live action TV series also being discussed as a potential project centering around Adonis Creed's daughter, Amara, who was played by deaf actress, uh, Mila Davis Kent in Creed three previously mentioned was a Drago spinoff movie, which was in the works at MGM. Uh, written by Robert Lawton. The spinoff would center around Rocky Balboa's foe, Russian boxer Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren, and his son, Victor Drago, who's played by Florian Mont- uh, Montanu, uh, who was introduced as Creed's adversary in Creed II. Uh, there was talk of making this a series, but it looks like the move is to make it a movie uh, down the line. As of now, a script has been commissioned, but no other details are available at this time. And then there are also options for more Creed films. Michael B. Jordan says that they have thought of Creed 4, but nothing is official yet. So that is a lot of stuff. That is a Uh, lot of stuff related to one character. And it's a lot of stuff that would really piss off Sylvester Stallone because he is not involved in this at all. At all. And because, I can't help but feel for him right now. I mean, I mean, I think most people probably know about, like, there's a famous kind of tug-of-war battle between him and I want to get the guy's producer thing right on the Rocky movies. Uh, I think it's Iron Winkler. I just want to make sure. Uh, yeah, I had Ivan Reitman in my head of Ghostbusters <laughs> fame, yeah. but I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> um, you know, when Sylvester Stallone made Rocky, like Cliff's Nose Virgin, he was very young. He wanted to star in it. He wanted to, like, you know, have a lot of creative control. Uh, and he kind of did a deal in the late 70s that... that With the devil. That With the devil. That worked out. Bite in, him now. That worked out in the moment to kind of, like, you know, get all the things that you wanted. But, like, now that this IP has made so much money and now it's like spun off into these create spinoff movies and stuff. Sylvester Stallone is not making anything from this uh, anymore uh, at all. And, and I think, I think there might've been some goodwill there at some point. Cause he did create and he did create too. I just think that like over time, maybe discussions of this kind of like good faith, like, Hey, this is my baby. Can we renegotiate? this deal, I think that kind of like eventually fell apart. And, and I mean, he's called out, he, he's called out this guy a lot on his Instagram. He has literally drawn and having posted pictures of depicting him as the devil, which I thought was funny that you already. Oh, <laughs> wow. Say. I did not know that. Uh, That's funny. Uh, so he like is, there is no love loss between the, those two. Um, and this is why he said, despite all the good reviews that Creed three has gotten, he said he will not be seeing it. Right. I don't know. I mean, it sucks for Michael B. Jordan, who's like, you know, I mean, I don't think Michael B. Jordan really cares. I mean, but it's just like 
he directed this project you know it's like it, yeah. he, he's a he's a part of this now too he's involved as a producer Harley had i mean probably i mean he probably worked out a much better deal today oh i can <laughs> imagine he's in an yeah. awkward position between the studio and sylvester stallone i'm like stallone. i would hope that he'd have some respect for for sly that is literally he wouldn't he, he's standing on sylvester's shoulders like he would not be right. there without him so yeah i don't know what yeah. it's like between them but i'm I, I have a bad taste in my mouth about all that um the creed yeah. no no you know no uh judgment for him for directing the third like that is obviously a property he's been very well you know establishing for years now and i right. have no ill will against like the creed spinoff series like especially where sylvester was involved in them but yeah. going forward like i just feel bad for the guy yeah i do that too sucks. and I, I also want to point this out too and people might disagree but i'm i get when you have a successful at this point franchise that there's this need to do more I I'm cool with you just announcing one project at a time. If, if it's like, Hey, we're going to do a fourth one, leave it at that. And like to kind of, I know that these kind of things kind of set up like excitement, like, Oh, like we're going to do this whole like Creed universe. And there's going to be TV shows and animated shows and live action shows, like, and like maybe more movies and more spinoffs. Like it becomes too much. And then you get to, a, you get, you get to a point down the line where sometimes these things don't come to fruition. And it's like, well, what happened to that? project that you announced like dude announce like i you know i wouldn't even be mad if they were like hey in lieu of a movie we're gonna do like a spin-off tv series and like and connect with like some of these characters like, like yeah that. i actually don't even mind an ivan drago spin-off because like the most interesting stuff in creed 2 was, was, the around, ivan drago, him? was, was yeah. around him so that like i sense. i don't mind that but like now it just seems like all right well I mean, of course, we all know this because we know how these things work. It's just like this is all money. It's all a money thing now at this point. Like, exactly. You know, and, now, and now you're just gonna milk this thing until it's completely dry. And like, and that and, is not exciting. I'm excited for someone like Michael B. Jordan to be like in the position to like to pitch stuff like this, to be producing stuff like this, to be true. involved in conversations like that. I think that's cool. I think that's a a great thing for like you know we don't have a lot of that like a lot of African American like actors like getting to do that as producers and that's a great creators point. i but i also i would say this no matter who it was though it's just just take it one step at a time instead of being like just too much i don't know instead of throwing a bunch of different things at us the half of which probably will never come to light i also yeah. don't like that it's in amazon's hands just with their track record that they have uh, me either they do they do have some like some golden tickets like with like the boys and invincible like i love amazon for that uh, and for like, even early Yellowstone seasons, but like they yeah. also have some junk in there and they try and, you know, they've messed some stuff up before and I don't yeah. like, you know, where that could head down with that series. Like even if the series is all right, aside from Amazon, once they put their little touch on it, I'm just, I have a bad yeah. feeling about what that might do for that property yeah. going forward. Yep. Um, God, so I wish we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could, like, you know, if they had just announced Creed four, I think I would have been okay with that. I think it would sure. be like, all right. Then yeah. I see it. Sense. Yeah. Because like, to me, it is following the same trajectory as like the Rocky movies. Like, I mean, I don't mind that you're going to get possibly more sequels. Cause we had a bunch of Rocky sequels and like, yep. you know, people love some people think some are like mediocre, but like, I don't mind the Creed movies getting more movie, like more installments because one, we hadn't had a bad one yet. They've all been certified fresh. They've all gotten good reviews. Uh, we haven't hit a, like a wall with them yet. So like, I would have been right. happy with another movie, uh, but now like an anime series and a live action TV series. And one at a time is a better one approach. Like, at a time, guys. Yeah, we will see like, how that uh, progresses. Oh God. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be more excited about it, but I'm just, 
not. Time will tell how they go, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. I'm with um, you, man. All right. What else do we got here? Just a couple more things to go on. Yeah. Okay. I will um you know, I will save the I'll save the Janu Ortega stuff as we go into the box office for Scream. Uh I will talk about um two trailers. Uh yes. I, they one we'll do the one that premiered during the Oscars last night first. Uh certainly. We have the first full uh, official trailer for the live action uh the little Mer- little mermaid coming from Disney. As you know guys, they have been milking the live action uh <laughs> reboots of their properties for a while now some i don't mind i actually thought aladdin was much better than they had any right to be um i didn't hate the Guy lion Richie king directed. yeah i didn't yeah. hate the lion king but it was also not necessary actually none of these are really necessary they're um, not it's just the next step of uh, of of evolution in film and yeah beauty and the beast was fine like um that started at all wasn't it Cinderella. They actually went Cinderella, like kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah they went right. kind of like smaller scale, and then they were like, "All right, now let's go for our like uh, our, our, let's go for our golden age." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, first full trailer. I, some of the effects in the trailer look decent, and then some like look like it's not a finished movie. Okay, <laughs> yeah, interesting. I, like I, I couldn't like like I was like some of it. I was like, "All right, that looks neat," and then some of it was like, "Oh, I don't." Maybe maybe it needs a little bit more work. Did uh, any shots like come to mind, like off the top of your head, or there was like some stuff where they like uh, some of the underwater stuff where they were like showing her like talking with like King Triton and like some of the tracking shots of her swimming like with the other fish and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, I, like some of it looked good and some of it looked like too. I think that kind of live action is so hard to do because it looks too fake that it like I don't know. It's like hard. I'm trying to find the way the you, best way to articulate it. You know but, what like, is it, hilarious about but... this? Because like <laughs> I was I was watching this just before we recorded. I watched it obviously on screen last night, but it was a little bit different. So I watched this before we started recording, knowing we would talk about it. And I have on my notes right here, Little Mermaid hyphen effects look great. <laughs> <laughs> right. I actually was impressed. I was maybe I just had lower expectations. I was like, damn like the underwater stuff like her as a mermaid like the ship on fire i'm like damn this actually like looks all right i guess maybe i was at lower expectations but i, I mean i don't notice... think it looks like i don't think it looks awful maybe i mean I, maybe i'm just being like looking into it you know too what? Much. i'm sure i just missed some stuff that or didn't don't have the eye for some of like the more technical yeah you know unfinished looking shots but uh i did found that it looked good it's kind of funny that we are <laughs> different don't mention that yeah so we got like a uh, we have a more we got more of a look at uh javier bardem as king trident playing her father right. uh we got awesome. a little bit more of a look at melissa mccarthy playing ursula i actually think that from what i saw looks pretty decent because uh, uh, i think uh, that would be kind of hard to like recreate yeah. live action wise and i think that i she think her casting good. i think her casting is perfect like i think it's i know like too. some people are like hit or miss with her but like, I, I think I that miss. Like, <laughs> i'm not a melissa mccarthy fan no <laughs> like, yeah, no. no i won't I don't not like her as a person. I just don't find like again, I'm hard on comedians and comedy, but I do agree that her casting in this is good and her voice she's nailing it. Yeah, yeah. What we hear completely. from her. And then speaking of voices, uh Halle Bailey, I gotta make sure to say it right because I right? always want to slip I always want to yeah. slip and say Halle Berry. Yeah. Um uh I mean I when she got cast, I like looked up stuff that she'd done on like that was on YouTube and everything. She has a great voice, but like yeah. uh I mean sh- showcasing it tenfold. Uh, in the trailer, like, um, I just really hope, I mean, I, whenever they've dropped images and footage from this movie, there are a lot of, like, really ignorant people that are still, like, why is, Ari- why is Ariel black? And I just always go, like, 
Ariel's a fictional character. So like exactly. so, <laughs> like, so what she are can you be, up about? She can be whoever she wants to be. <laughs> like that's right. I, and like it's just like stop being so up and i know some people are going to be like oh they were doing that because they're trying to be woke that's why they cast a black girl and like this is going on to a smaller extent with that peter pan and wendy movie because they cast a black girl to play tinkerbell like it's like it's it's ridiculous at this point like let the girl it's not going away though let the girl have her moment and like i'm sure this is like a big big deal for her a big accomplishment for her like and to kind of take that away with like uh a lot of ignorance and like honestly like blatant racism on exactly some people like it's ridiculous to me um but i was happy to see that there were a lot of comments too that kind of just talked about her voice talked about how great she sounded um i'm still gonna see it because um oh yeah so like there's like the core yeah four disney animated movies that i love that like okay and like and like lion king's my favorite then aladdin then the little mermaid and then beauty and the beast those are like the all four great. that like all the classics. four and and those are considered like a lot like the golden age of disney like so like little mermaid came out in 89 i believe and it was like right after they had like a bunch of misses with like the bat cauldron and like a few other ones that like flopped and so oh, the little yes. Mer- the little mermaid kind of sparked this like new kind of disney renaissance and they kind of continued with beauty and the beast and that got nominated for best picture i think it was the first animated movie to be nominated for best picture it was nominated uh, for best picture not even yeah, like yeah. best anime wow uh, so back then because back then they didn't even have an animated category and they that was something they did like uh years down the line um then you get aladdin and then you get the lion king and it all went to shit with like pocahontas and there was like another lull <laughs> but like uh, but those, like, but those and then four we get like this live action yeah uh, so like time so i actually love like the, the little mermaid's like a fun movie like has fun characters like sebastian's a fun character like Flounder. yeah he's awesome. it has great yeah. it has great music like i think like the songs are really good so i will see it the same way i saw the lion king which is you know just because yeah it's yeah like, for sure With i know that i know that i, I know the ip and like whatever we'll see how yes. it goes um, also um speaking yeah. of flounder J- jacob tremblay is cast as flounder i did some well, there, digging yeah. and found that out yeah he's 16 now he looks completely different than he even looked a few years ago yeah crazy. i i feel like he I, like I, we weed. got i know we got introduced to him <laughs> when he was a child and then yeah and then he was in that predator movie which was really oh awful my God. <laughs> and then i feel like i i try to forget about that he, yeah it's crazy that he's 16 because i feel like you know there's certain actors when you introduce them at a certain age that yeah. are almost frozen in time for me uh you felt it, that it, way like, like it took a while for me with like dakota fanning like when she got older <laughs> i was like oh that's weird you're still like the little girl from like i am sam like what's right. going on Our little girl from, like, comes to yeah. mind yeah like shouldn't you be in like man on fire with <laughs> denzel washington why are you like an adult uh right but yeah 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 he you, like you said sprung up like a weed uh Crazy. i don't know I'll, I'll still see it i'll give it a shot of course sure. it comes out on may, may 26 in case you guys are interested in seeing it in theaters and we don't have to spend long on this trailer but we i mean i just uh there's this movie called ghosted <laughs> i wish you could see jackson's face Ooh. um it's like this action rom-com i think it's gonna be on apple tv plus uh starring anna darmus and chris evans i love which is like, that casting together which man. is which is like a this is like the third movie they made together they were in knives out yeah. together and then they were in the there? They they're in the grave. I think he maybe has a girlfriend. A oh, I don't know. They could be a thing. Uh, or, yeah, or maybe he's married. I don't know. Uh, I, I love him together, though, man. And then they're in the gray man together, and then now they're in uh, this. And they could clearly, I mean, originally this was the the female lead was supposed to be Scarlett Johansson, but she had to drop out uh, for oh. scheduling reasons. And you know what? He's worked with her, of course, a lot too. So that would have been a fun thing for them to get together. They have great um, chemistry as well. 
Yo, here's what I gathered from the trailer, which I thought was like an interesting concept to have like <clears throat> the whole the idea of being ghosted. I mean, everyone knows what that is, is when you like yeah. you hook up with someone or you're seeing someone and they just kind of like fall off the place of the planet with no warning, no phone call, right. like nothing, right? And I can imagine this idea being pitched, being like, all right, she ghosts him, right? But then it turns out, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you, throw in the whole, you throw in the whole, like, action, like, you know, stupid spy, spy element or whatever. Angle. Spy, yeah, ele- yeah. spy angle. So I could see, like, someone being really excited in the room. Like, like, see? Like, it's original. It sounds good. I think it's one of those things that's going to be purely based how much I enjoy it. It's how good they are together. If they can sell right. me on it, and I think they can, because they are pretty good together. Um but I was more thrown by like, uh, there's a guy named Sully Streams on Twitter that listens to the show too. And he posted the poster from it. And it's like him laying down and then she's kind of like over him. And there's kind of like explosions in the background. But it, okay. he, said, he was like, I can't tell if this is like a movie or an ad for a new fragrance. And he, and like, when you look at it, <laughs> it, it it's not, it's just, it's just really selling the like her sex appeal and his smolder. And that's about right. it. Um, so if you're going to go see it for that, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would go watch. It, you don't have to pay to see it. It's, it's on. It's on Apple TV Plus. Oh, you true. That. You don't even got to leave so, your house. So, um, it looks funnish. It looks like it could be fun. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of those weird things where, like, I, I'll say, like, the trailer. I didn't laugh once. I even have written like I don't think it looked funny, but I have a feeling maybe the trailer just didn't pick good moments from it to advertise. Like, I think there's the premise alone is actually like, again, I'm not a huge, like. <clears throat> rom-com action kind of you know what i mean yeah. like not serious action movie kind of guy but i think the premise of that alone looks like it could be funny have some good moments i don't think the trailer did a good job showing those moments though but yeah. i would check it out you know what i wrote down uh next to it when i was uh when i initially posted it and i knew we were gonna have to talk about it for this i said i'm getting like red notice vibes from it like it has that same kind of like you right. know these three like you know in that case of that movie three very appealing like charismatic stars Right. And what what appears to be could be like a really like subpar like generic action movie. So like you're only selling me on the fact that like oh like we love Gal Gadot, we love Ryan Reynolds, and we love Dwayne Johnson. Like I think this is selling us on like everyone loves Aaron Darmus now, and everyone mm-hmm. loves Captain America, Chris Evans. Of so like so like I just love his it's, yeah. That's what that's what it's selling me on. And like like I said, I don't know if I would see it in theaters. There was there are some people on Twitter that thought it would probably do well if it came out in theaters. Oh, yeah, I'm sure uh, it would. Uh, I'm still on the fence on like how much of a box office draw either one of them is outside of bigger properties. Really? Yeah, yeah. Outside of like him Even and Marvel. Chris. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I like, guess I don't really have much of an opinion. I'm just curious, like interested to hear that because not to I say love... that he's not not to say he's not popular and that people don't like him, but I don't know if he is a name above the movie kind of guy where it's like, oh, I'll I'll see it because he's in it. Right. Honestly, uh, come to think of it, a lot of his big uh, post-Marvel projects have been streaming releases, so we don't really know yeah. what he's like. And like then he was office. in, of course, he was in Knives Out, but that was an ensemble. I don't think that, I mean, that was more of the, yes. the cast was a selling point. Oh, but I think Anna was the, in that too, yeah. Yeah, and I think, and that was kind of like her big, real big break into, yeah. So, I, I mean, I it'll probably be a fun diversion at home. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine me thinking about it much after it's over. Like no. when I watched, <laughs> when I watched, when I watched Red Notice, uh, the one thing I thought was like, this was fine in the moment. I probably won't think about this movie tomorrow. And mm-hmm. that's how I kind of was on that. I caught well. like 15 minutes of Red Notice and like my brain melted. Like and I was like, what the, the fuck and am I watching? And it had the nerve to be like almost two hours long or maybe a little over two hours. Was like, oh my down God. Uh, but if any of you are interested in getting ghosted, 
that will hit uh, Apple TV Plus <laughs> on, April 20, on April 21st. All right, so we can discuss this uh, general Ortega stuff because it's going to relate to us talking box office and, yes. predicting, ne- and predicting next week's box office. Um, Jennifer Ortega had a big weekend. I mean, I mean, I feel like she's had a big year. It's a big fucking year, yeah. That hasn't even, stopped because, like, there's big stuff. Twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're finding out that she's getting cast in like some really interesting projects. Some of them like smaller, some of them bigger. Um, this one is not official, official yet, but she is. I've there's two different ways to say it. Like some people in the industry says in talks, and then other people say she's circling. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Beetlejuice Just synonyms. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which is but when I first saw it and heard it, I was like, well, that's perfect. She seems like she's like that's like right up her alley based on like the creative choices she's been making. Yeah. Um, if it does happen, it would keep her in line with Tim Burton, who uh directed the Wednesday Netflix series. So she has a good working relationship with him. Um there's been some stuff with her too over the weekend where I think she criticized the writing for Wednesday. Where she said that, oh. like she, she basically said, and I don't think she meant anything offensively by it, but people who are writers kind of took offense to it. Uh-huh. Where she was kind of like, I felt like there were things that like the character wouldn't do, so she put her foot down about not wanting to do certain things. Like she didn't think that Wednesday would be in a love triangle, like the character. And I kind of agree that that character I wouldn't want to do agree that. With that too. Good for and her. She, and then the whole like dance thing, like it was supposed to be a flash mob like dancing, and she was like, oh. well, I don't think, I don't think that that character would be evolved and like. A dancing with a big group of people like that and they and, they listen to her and, made and they listen about... and they and they wow. listen to her so like but there was like people were like well, them. they were like well she shouldn't have said anything publicly about it because it sounds like she's dissing them but if you read it i don't think she is dissing them i think she just right it's like there's a big debate on whether or not when you get cast in something like you're the face of it and you're representing it like how much say do you have as like the actor and then how much say does the writer who's like hey oh, these are my words and this is my story you know, you know, that's why they call it a collaboration, right? Like, even right. though you shouldn't, an actor shouldn't necessarily have any more um, authority over the work, they should have a say and they should yeah. at least be listened to, even if they're not, exactly. you know, even if the advice isn't followed. I agree. And so, she, uh, you know, and I think, like, I think she's in good standing with them because she's an executive producer on season two uh, of Wednesday. This girl's, so. tw- this girl's 20 years old. Uh, <laughs> like, let's throw that out there. Holy shit. Um, so, Beetlejuice 2 has been talked about for a very long time for everyone that, is unaware of it. I think almost since the first one came out in 88, there's been some talk of a sequel and we've heard about it a lot in recent years, but like oh this is the most this is the most gas that he has gotten in a while where uh, I think Michael Keaton is still attached to play Beetlejuice. I like um, that. Tim Burton is attached to direct it. Uh Renona Ryder could be still attached as Lydia and if Jenna Ortega takes the part, she would most likely be playing uh Lydia's daughter uh in Beetlejuice 2. Um I think it's good casting. Um, was that yesterday or like when someone like when we were on that show or did someone mention or did someone else mention to me that it's good casting but they're afraid that she might get typecast typecast like uh, I was just thinking this and I I thought that so this was mentioned not in my presence I did hear this somebody like I think I read this in a comment somebody mentioned this and I kind of was on board with that like I was thinking that but literally during this recording I talked myself out of that think of how many collaborators that Tim Burton has worked with on multiple movies who have gone on to do other things. Also, yeah. she's done one maybe other role where she's kind of like in that like similar role. And it was Berry, yeah, 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 yeah. With Tim so Burton, like yeah. emo kind of goth girl. Emo I, goth I, girl. And yeah. she, she's done enough, I think, 
like close to other projects where I don't think that is an issue. I kind of talked myself out of that line of thinking, but I get why that might have been a conversation. I just don't, I don't buy it anymore. Maybe though, maybe. But I mean, it's also, I mean, I think it's good for if those talks, I mean, I, I don't think the talks, this is me speculating. I don't think it comes down to like stuff like money. I think that's kind of like easily for her. Could that could be worked out? Cause she's still fairly new. She's hot, but she's new. I think, I think what's going to come down to you is scheduling because she's attached to like uh, so yeah. many. She's attached to so many Busy things. Lady. Like, you know, uh, she's attached to like, a, there was one movie that she's doing with like The Weeknd. Uh, oh, and, shit. What's that called again? Oh, uh, God. And I think it's the guy who did uh, the movie Waves. It's like his follow up to that. Uh, Trey and, Edward Schultz. Yeah, it's his follow up yeah. to that. And like nice. one, of the, one of the stipulations for her signing on and, and same with The Weeknd, who's also busy, was like, they know they have other things lined up, but they wanted to make that movie a priority because they really wanted to work on it. So they're okay. in a position where like they're busy. And I think that's what it's going to come down to for this. But like, hopefully they work it out because it seems like perfect casting. And I think you know, so. And for her, you know, strike while the iron's hot. I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. I love the, the work that she's lining up for herself too. Is She's making all yeah. these right choices. I'm just, I hope it yeah. all goes that way. It seems like she's really uh, a shining star. I agree. And and on it's that exciting. note, we can talk talk about how she shined even more over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, S- Scream Scream Six. Uh, we, we, we were off, weren't we? We were. Well, you know what? We were close-ish. We're close. Were it wasn't we? too bad. Okay. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't too anyway. bad. You went above me though. Uh, so right. You were. You're actually. You're actually closer. You're actually by off one by million like, though. You're off by like. Uh, I think you said. Did you go forty four? Yes. So you're only off by like not that much because it grossed 44.5 million dollars over the weekend oh okay so why am i thinking so, it did more so than you're that? so you're oh because worldwide the worldwide opening was 67.5 or something oh, like okay. that maybe that's what i saw but i was like so, damn i was so low so again. either i had said 40 so i was off i was close to what tracking had it at i'm happy to be off though it's fine <laughs> um, or, you know what i'm thinking i did 44 for creed i think we were only one million difference on this oh, one. Difference on this one okay, okay. yeah so well, i think i was 41 too. then well we were all very close uh, it opened to 44.5 million over, over the weekend, which is a record for the near 30 year old horror series. It By like 10 the, million? It beats the three day opening of Scream 3 that came out in 2000, which made $34.7 million. Uh, and then Intelligence says that 3.2 million people saw Scream 6 over the weekend, 18% in 3D. And the movie, which is like really indication of like people actually went to go see it, said the movie grabbed 44% of its foot traffic and post 9 p.m. shows on Friday and Saturday. Nice. Um, it has a B plus cinema score, uh, which matched yeah. the cinema, which matched the cinema score of the last movie. Um, but post track ratings came in at 87% positive, 74% definite uh, recommend. The last movie had uh, a 59% uh, definitely recommend, and the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 92%. Uh, so it's actually faring pretty well. Uh, and it's I think it's got certified fresh today at 76% by critics. So two movies back to back that were fresh in that franchise. Nice. Uh, the guys the guys of Radio Silence have really reinvigorated the Scream franchise. It's more right vi- more viable than ever. Um but I will uh throw off uh what some of you guys uh kind of predicted uh for this one cuz some of them were close. Were you expecting where no, I was actually kidding. so you know what you know what's funny because the preview number came in higher the Thursday preview number was higher than Creed's it was like 5.7 oh. 
and I was like, okay. "Oh, can this actually?" Can I was like, "Can this actually make like fifty million dollars this weekend?" But then I forgot that horror movies, no matter how good they are, are like very front loaded with like rush up business. So I think that's what kind of right. happened too. Um, but yes, uh, at Arturo.xx at forty two million, at Jordan underscore M eighty five forty eight million, uh, Merc with the movies forty five to forty eight million, nice. all in the same range. You know what, Drew Review, if you are counting the global opening, you're close, $68 million opening weekend. Hardwell, um, uh, one, two, three, uh, I think might have been thinking what it might gross like overall. It said $150 million internationally. That could have been like a total. Okay, um, my, it has to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Jack is Cool, I guess, 12, $50 million. What a uh, and then, I know that's really awesome. And then uh, at Pato, uh, uh, SES NICH 50 to 60 million dollars. Seems like everyone was like in the same yeah. uh, people general... had confidence in it. Oh, and then our uh, Donnie 40 million easily, and then Darren movie reviews uh, 42 million. Uh, all very good, Damn, all very close. Bad people, well, great done. opening. Um, I mean, the last one topped out at 81 million dollars domestically. I think this one can push through over 100 million dollars domestically. Oh, I think you're right. Horror movies can like kind of drop off pretty hard in the second weekend, and of course, because there's more movies opening, uh, we have another uh, kind of big weekend. I don't, I really don't know how to call Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Um, That's this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, this weekend. Um, and I the only thing I can compare it to, um, I'll compare it to the last Shazam, and I will tell you that this movie yeah. is tracking is tracking really low. It's tracking thirty eight forty, um, <laughs> which is not good for a movie that wants to remain a part of the DCU uh, because uh, even the, the direct, the director responding to a tweet that someone said that they didn't want to support the movie because what's the point. And the director was basically like, if you don't support the movie, like the only way that we can't be involved in this, I think in this new DC universe is that the movie doesn't make money. So if you don't support the movie, then that's pretty much putting a nail in that coffin. Right. Um, but it seems like, I, I felt like Warner Brothers wasn't even putting a lot of push into it because it's like, like I said, you wouldn't have known that it was opening this weekend. There's not a I lot of like... I forgot. I thought push. it was going to be a May release or something. It, it's not even a push. So the first Shazam came out in 2019. Uh, it opened to... Let me just pull it up here. It was a 52... Oh, no. Yeah, $52 million opening weekend. Uh, and then it ultimately grossed $140.4 million domestic and then $366 million worldwide. That was considered decent for a property that's not hugely well-known by, like, most people. Yeah. Um, the early reaction to the sequel is good for the most part. Um, okay. But I really don't think that Warner Brothers put enough marketing muscle into it. And I right. And I'm actually okay. I'm... I don't even think it get close to fifty million. I'm I'm going with my prediction for what I gave Scream last week, and I'm going at an even forty. I'm going with like what tracking is calling it at, and unless something changes in the next few days, right? And there's suddenly and there's suddenly like a huge like TV spots on like television every few seconds, and I can't see it going much higher. This is also is it the same thing in the states? We're headed yeah because um, yeah. St. Patrick's Day is on, on Friday the seventeenth. On Friday, the yeah. Same thing. That's and a I will, not be a, I will not be at the movies. No, I won't be at the feet. I'll be wasted. Yeah, <laughs> same. I'll probably be texting you about being wasted. Yeah, exactly. We'll be yeah. catching up about how no one's watching Shazam today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to weigh that in. Uh, obviously, it won't have much of an impact for like a big core, like a the younger 
side of the DC ver like fans. Um, you're going with what? You what did you say? Forty? Uh, forty. I'm going forty. And the first and one I, opened at fifty-two. Yeah. Damn, that's a drop. I'm gonna go. I want to go like what I did with Creed. Like I'm still feeling low, but I want to go a little bit above just in case. Gives me some wiggle room uh, with 44. And I'll write right. that down this time. All right. 40, 44. Um, by the way, we're, I'm going that low, but I never want to see a movie. After I read that director's tweet, I felt for him. No. Like, oh, like, oh yeah, absolutely. Because like, like, it really was like an angry fan just being like, oh, I don't want to support it. Like, what's the point? Like, really, you know, it's like. If that's your they, opinion, and, then like. Come yeah, on. like if so many like people it, put their blood, sweat, and tears in these movies, and totally. this is no this is no exception. I just wish Warner Brothers acted like it was it was a part of they are not acting like it's a part of their future plans. I guess the way they were kind of handling it, and like once those early reactions came out, I wish the studio would have been like, all right, let's like use this like a bit. Let's totally. kind of like maybe Amazing. throw it like throw this into the marketing. Like, I mean, as soon as the early reactions came out for Scream Six, there was like a TV spot cut together right away that threw in like some of those early responses into the tv spot like do that like to be like hey like this might be a good one i just don't feel like they care like don't want to leave any money on the table go get what you can get from this movie before there's not going to be shazam for years right exactly um but yeah so we'll take your predictions as well for shazam maybe we're wrong maybe maybe i mean I didn't even think about St. Patrick's Day. You're really right. I mean, that won't that won't matter for the kids, but it won't matter for for yeah, any, anyone, 20, anyone twenty one and up. <laughs> yeah, and, and nineteen over here, yeah, even eighteen yeah. in some. Oh, classes. that's true. So that's yeah, true. Yeah, different. Uh, so, and Europe be different yeah, for so them too. That's going to be a big uh, a big factor. But yeah, give us uh, all of your uh, your predictions, and we'll uh, reveal them on the uh, one of our next episodes. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Shout to us. We kept this. We kept all this stuff uh, to uh, right around two hours. So I think we were. Well, it's really good because it was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot to cover, but we knew we had to like get some of these things in. Uh, uh, but I want to say we got some stuff coming up. Like we said, we're gonna do an episode that's totally dedicated to Scream Six, so we can actually talk about it in detail. Uh, yep. So that's gonna be a spoiler-filled discussion, and we haven't finalized the guests yet, but we are sending some people on to join us to talk about the movie. Uh, it's all kind of based on like when they're seeing it. As of this recording, some of them are seeing it tonight, some tomorrow. So we're gonna figure out how to do it then. Um, uh, we also I, I have a spring breakers anniversary episode coming up and i know jackson said he didn't like the movie before when he saw it this is a um, long time ago though so it'll be funny to have a rewatch and discuss it um big time i'm ex- i'm excited for this rewatch dude, i i had a similar thing with uh our mr brooks deep dive episode that came out oh, today because okay. i because i liked the movie and then owen hadn't seen it before and it was just funny to hear like complete opposite reaction to to, to the one i had right. um so yeah it could be the same thing it's fun though it's fun we don't always agree um, yeah i think that honestly adds a lot to the conversation i love to agree on stuff and, and to share and highlight the things we loved about it but like just makes for a, just a more dynamic discussion when you're yeah. focusing on different aspects that you didn't agree, I agree. on, um, just on really, oh, sorry, oh, i want to throw in too speaking of owen uh the week that john wick comes out owen uh will be on uh this show with us so there'll be like the first time that you and him are going to record together yeah uh, Ooh, so yeah. like we have an episode about like the John Wick series as a whole, but like more about how it's kind of influenced action films like, in a relatively short amount of time uh, since the first one came out. Owen's a huge fan of that franchise, so it felt like a perfect episode for him to uh, jump in with, jump, jump, totally. jump in on. Uh, we're gonna work out the timing on that. 
uh, as far as like, you know, the actual timing, uh, that's because, you know, you are ahead of us. Uh, you're in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Make it a little harder. Uh, but uh, since we are already planned it and it's like kind of like we know it's coming, like we can uh, make sure we get that done. Uh, but yeah. it's going to be a fun one. Like we're looking forward to doing that so you guys can finally uh, get the episode in together. Yeah, I'm really excited to work with Owen and, and chat yeah. with him because we haven't even like really had a, a chance to meet yet. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. really <laughs> looking forward to that. And we'll uh, I'm just excited to dive back into the John Wicks again, too. But yeah. um, real quick before we depart, um, I just wanted to see if we there would be a chance to shout out the show that we were featured on yesterday. Or was it only filmed like was it only live? I think it was, was it re- live. I think oh, okay. they do because, but it is a podcast too. So I think they actually do release uh, episodes of unfiltered. Unfiltered, uh, right. filtered, yeah. Um, they are like uh, Alex Helmer and Guy Noel. Uh, Alex actually started uh, the League of Cinephiles on Instagram, where he so he did start it. Okay, he started I wasn't it, sure. And, and then he basically, you know, recruited a bunch of Instagram pages, like he messaged people individually. Like hey, like yourself you included. Be, I yeah, saw you yeah. on there. I think I, yeah. I think I, I think I got asked like season two or three. That's pretty sweet. Like that. uh, and it keeps growing. And like, what's cool is that like he 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 vets it, but not to a point where it's like, oh, you can't join. Like he really wants people who are like passionate about the movies to be a part of it. So I think that's what's really cool about the whole thing is that like everyone that's there is like having a good time uh, discussing it. And he does some really fun like trivia shows. Like there's a lot of different things that they do. I've seen over the like, last do, couple yeah. of years. Pretty cool the, stuff. The, the YouTube stuff is so fun. And like, uh, yeah, he's just a really good guy. And he always like wants to support uh, all of us. And we got to be on uh, their Sunday morning show yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Oh, uh, it was a blast. <laughs> first thing laughing that Shout hard. Shout out to those boys. Them. Well, because the night before I was out with my friends and I was telling some of the people, like, I I was laughing so hard with my friends that, like, my face hurt. And I was like, all right, at least maybe in the morning I can recover from that. <laughs> and then, like, and then, like, Guy, they're all, they're all funny, but Guy specifically is he's the hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. And then I was just laughing so hard my face hurt. So, yeah, shout out to them. Like, they will probably be on our show eventually at some point because we have That's a, right. a lot of things coming up. Uh, and, yeah, they were really really great to kind of chat with them and i I, sh- I said it on their show yesterday it was the first thing that we got invited on as like a pair like doing yeah. the show together so Good like it really us. it really felt like it's like an our thing rather than like a oh can you be on and like if you can get the other guy cool <laughs> uh, <laughs> right I'm, yeah <laughs> I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad that they asked uh i was still like hey like see if he can come on too so i thought that was like really good like totally. it felt like we already feel like a team but that kind of made it uh feel like even more so that's so, right. Th- so it thank you great. to them for letting yeah. us uh, come on and chop it up with you guys. It was fun. Certainly. Yeah, no, I had a blast. All right, man. Look. Well, we got a lot in there today and did it pretty good. I'm uh, I'm impressed with us. I was yeah. I thought this one could have went a lot longer. So it, was, <laughs> it was nice. But uh, yeah. for those of you that uh, that stuck with us for this conversation, we we appreciate your attention and viewership as always. Thank you very much for tuning in for another week, guys. At back to the blockbuster. Uh, as always, you can find for all your movie news. Find us on Instagram at back to the blockbuster. We're on TikTok as well with the same handle. And you can listen to us on a weekly basis uh, anywhere you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, and Google Playlists as well. So thanks again, Gaius. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you. I know it was a lot, but we got through it. Oh, and man, it was this, great. And we, and we do this for you guys. I just hope you know. It's, it's, totally. it's, fun, it's fun for us, uh, but we're glad, we glad you even hang out with us and listen to us this long. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, uh, and that's true of both shows, honestly. Uh, 
it's been a very kismic kind of thing going on with like mm-hmm. both things and i'm just really excited what we can offer you on this and then on the spinoff and like the future of it is like very bright so like we want you guys yes, to be a is. part of it so thank you so much for continuing to tune in jackson you're a big part of that thank you as well uh for always being on your a game and uh till next time love you guys see you later peace